Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Neon Genesis Evangelio, our episode-by-episode episode discussion of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm your host, Jell, which I wanted to bring that up because I think I forgot to introduce us like on the past like two episodes or something. I, but, uh... Yes, I, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I didn't mean to say anything because, you know, it, it is your show. Let's get it out of the way now. Although, if you've if you've made it this far into epi- in the to, to the podcast, then you probably know who we are at this point. But uh, yes, I'm Jell, and of course, my co-hosts we have Iro. Yep, I'm still Iroh's here. here. Yeah, and we have G. We'll workshop that bit eventually, Iro. Uh... I will. We'll, we'll get. We'll meet for lunch. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with some catchphrases. Uh, maybe a Viva Democracy or something like that. We'll, uh, well, we'll figure it out. <sighs> we're we're running out of uh, we're running out of podcasts to workshop uh, for this particular series, as uh, this is our third to last episode. Yeah, uh, yeah we're getting there. Uh, in, that, in that case, uh, let me use my other bit. Uh, boy, the weather, huh? It sure is hot lately. Yeah, after uh, some impact, we've been stuck in summer. It really sucks. Yeah. How? What do you think is the temp? What do you think is the standard temperature of LCL fluid? Like, is it room temperature? Do you think it's like a little It could be, warmer? like, body temperature. Like, going oh, in one be of like, those, like, sensory deprivation tubes or whatever. It's got to yeah. be at least... I can't be higher than body temperature, right? It's got to be... I blah. mean, you don't know, right? Like, maybe it's like... You know, I don't... I don't have any real-world things to point to as, like, examples of, like, well, this is the standard temperature you immerse a human being in when piloting a robot, but... I, was, I mean, I was uh, was like what, you stu- what do you sous-vide your steak at? Mm, I'm not sure. Sh- <laughs> I'm not sure you should put your Ava pilots. Just you should sous vide your Ava pilots for more than a couple hours. I think. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, bad times ahead. As we were saying, uh, this is we're getting on the home stretch here with episodes. I, mean, I, don't, I don't. I don't really prove eating this to Oregon raw. So either. So. <laughs> Yes, we'll, we'll we'll get to the S two engine in a minute yes, here. I, I raw feed my Ava. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yes, the we're we're on the home stretch here. This uh, set of episodes kind of felt like a watching a slow moving car crash. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, plot wise and uh, perhaps production wise, which I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, oh yeah, but yeah, we didn't so, have money for this road. So it's just cobblestones. <laughs> but Dude, everyone talks even... about how rustic and great it is. No, this ain't even cobblestones, my friend. This is literally... This is literally... This this series of episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion is literally that gift from Tom and Jerry where Tom is sitting on top of the train and pulling tracks out from behind him and putting them in front of him. Like, that is literally what is happening here. Like, like Gynax has, you know, look, again, Gynax, the masters of cutting corners. So, like, of course, these episodes still, like, have a great, like, sense of style and aesthetic to them. But this is also literally them, like, fucking rummaging through the footage of, like, the last 20 episodes and being like, shit, what can we... What can yeah. we throw in front of us to keep this train rolling just a little bit longer? So that's probably a good uh, point to move into episode 20 on. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 20 is of the shape of hearts and humans or weaving a story to oral stage. This is the what we were referring to as the recap episodes. This is the second one, but it's not really a recap episode per se. It's more of a 
let's recycle as much animation as possible to uh, give you a couple yeah. of vital plot points before we move on to the I next mean, uh, next one. In many ways, this is like the other recap episode, though, where the second half was just a bunch of reused animation. You know, it was just like Eva Unit Zero, colored a different color. So, right. Uh, yeah. In that sense, this episode actually does have a lot of uh, similarities to that one. I feel like this episode does have more actual plot because they're not really recapping anything in this one. It's no, it's they, pretty much all new stuff happening with old visuals yeah, <laughs> for the most part. That is, that's a good way to put it. Um, but yeah, so there are things that happen though that are that are important. So uh, we kind of kick things off with uh, Sele being mad about. You know, we left off with the Evangelion Unit 1 going berserk and eating the last angel, including the S2 the S two engine, taking that yes. into itself, which uh, has... I, I forget at which point in these episodes they basically have to put uh, Unit 1 on ice because... They're pretty much starting here. Yeah. You know. so, yeah. So, so once it takes the S2 engine, they don't want to put it out there anymore because it's yes, now like too dangerous or whatever but yes highly concerned about its unconventional mid-season power-up yes uh, and uh as another uh, result of uh if we recall last time shinji <laughs> getting 400 percent synchronization with unit one whatever that yeah. means uh <laughs> he has now been turned into soup he's part of the lcl yes, yes. we yes. got shinji got gooped we also have everyone. We also have the, all the bridge bunnies moving into the backup office, which is identical to the main office. Yes, thank goodness, <laughs> it is literally identical, <laughs> down to the very line work. So yes, nothing needs to be redrawn. Um, yeah. But yes, in, in general, mean, go ahead, G. Sorry, I was gonna say that 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 tracks with nerve, right? Like that's what nerve would do. Why like, would you design it differently? Right, like you would, you would, you would build the backup office to look exactly the same. That's a very nerve thing to do. I feel it's very practical. You know, like, like in many ways, like you know, if I were to like rank like all of the fictional mecha anime like organizations like that 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 like run like mission control and maintenance for their mechs, nerve is obviously very close to the bottom of that list in terms of like moral ethics and like <laughs> pilot well being. But they might rank at the top in terms of like preparedness, in terms of uh, um, diversity in 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 uh, in in Back. solutions in their thinking. I mean, let me tell you about let me talk to you about the King of Braves, Gal Gagar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they put they put jets on the plug in case they fall, right? So they're, they're yeah, very prepared. yeah, like yes. I mean, I, I want to put out real quick, like I this is not like a. I mean, obviously, this is just a, 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 a you know a media thing. I doubt there's actually any bit of world building, but you know, just to kind of shout out as I did, you know, a long while ago. But you know, it's just continued to look good, so there's been no reason to keep bringing it up. But just a, you know, the god tier UI design in Evangelion. But uh, related to that, like just uh, something tickled me pink about that in universe. Like, if you're familiar with like how UI UX are designed, like. That means, like, some programmer had to actually, like, code a message in the Nerve, like, mainframe to say 
the message pilot vanished which means <laughs> somebody yes. had to like plan far enough ahead to be like <laughs> at some point this is a possibility <laughs> like at some point this is a possibility so we need to make sure the ui is capable of displaying that message i mean the maki system is brains so <laughs> Yes, yes. I suppose if the Maggie is doing everything, yeah, well, now, uh, the three the three aspects of Ritsuko's mother the uh, the yes. scientist, the woman, and the graphic designer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very important aspect. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, things are uh, in general not going well in the aftermath here. Shinji has been uh, merged with the LCL. Uh, the girls are not doing too great either. Ray's obviously right. been in the hospital from uh, uh, still alive though. Like, still alive, but in the hospital after unit. Zero got destroyed, and yeah, I, would like, uh, I would like to point out that Shinji's or, plug suit is floating around inside the entry plug, even though he got into the robot in his school uniform. Oh yeah, I well mean, that's, that's ruined the entire show now. <laughs> Shut it all down. Now, now allow me to allow me allow me, uh, your honor, to uh, bring up the uh, as you see here in my documents that I am presenting. Obviously, uh, the final episode. Of Gunbuster Two, aka Diebuster, <laughs> in which uh, Lalk finds a uh, spare uh, uh, uniform in uh-huh. the uh, the hidden cockpit of Dick Sniff. That is uh, a reference to uh, Noriko's original uniform from uh-huh. Gunbuster. Clearly, uh, clearly, Evangelion um, uh, uh, pods probably just keep a spare uniform in there. That's all. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's why he had to put on Asuka's uniform. Sure. Uh, all right, uh, I, I appreciate the effort on that one, G. Uh, let's, I'll, I appreciate the effort. But uh, but yeah, um, Ray's still in the hospital. Asuka's, Asuka's not pissed. doing well either. Uh, yes, she's pissed because she got absolutely destroyed and Shinji had to save the day again. I mean, uh, this has kind of been the story of Asuka ever, like, ever since, like, I don't know, almost ever since her introduction, right? Like, yes, like Asuka got a couple of like wins early on, but otherwise, it's all been downhill from here, right? It's, right. She is unhappy that Shinji out outplayed her against Ribbon Arms, uh, yeah, and doesn't care that Ray's alive, even when we saw, even though Misato calls to tell her. And just not a good time. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll get we'll get plenty more of Oscar later. But in general, oh, yeah. things have not been going great, and uh, we kind of cut into uh, Shinji's mind again, since he's right now a metaphysical being. Um, <laughs> right? They say that the the LCL within the entry plug has become like primordial soup. Yes. 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 He is existing in the entry plug in the LCL in. Uh... In quantum form, apparently. All of the uh, ingredients of a human body are still contained within. So, you know, yeah. with some alchemy, you can uh, put them back together. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. man. We uh, we we get, a, we get a glimpse into Shinji's mind again and get kind of the same, like, bits with him, you know, working out his insecurities and whatnot. I did think it was interesting in this... Uh, particular bit the way it was cut and some of the imagery was very similar to Ray's in the last recap episode when she was floating in the LCL uh doing her monologue yeah so some of the some of the way they did the the cuts and stuff was very similar I noticed so I don't know if they were intentionally drawing the parallel there because now Shinji is in the LCL but uh 
But yeah. I mean, I think we see over the course of these episodes all three pilots when they are uh, put in the LCL and then subject to some kind of uh, external psychological probing. Does not go well, Uh, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, of course, this is all a convenient way to get away with some recycled animation. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Including even some of the new images uh looping them over and over and over again but uh but yeah uh so shinji is stuck in the lcl for like a month a full month goes by with conveniently no angel attacks i have a have a uh screenshot here that says lcl temperature holding steady at 36 degrees centigrade it's pretty there you go yeah all right sure sure so uh that so summer tip uh do not take a dip in the lco no. i guess yeah <laughs> uh so yeah like a, like a whole month goes by and i guess yeah, it, it takes that long for ritsuko to figure out how to theoretically get shinji out of there uh mm-hmm. and so they attempt yeah and they note that uh the backbone of this plan was conceived many years ago when uh someone mm-hmm. else got sucked into the ava uh, when Ritsuko's mother worked a nerve. Yes. But uh, the, the attempt to salvage the situation failed then. Yes, that did not work the first time, but they're going to try again. So this, the salvage operation begins. Um, I, a lot of it is just uh, techno babble stuff. But uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of this episode is babble, period, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, there's a lot of techno babble and killing time and whatnot. And so they do eventually. Yeah. Well, they're, they're trying to get Shinji out and they kind of ask, does he want to come out? Uh, and I think they imply he finally comes out after Masato. He hears Masato or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah. And there's no, there's no actual visual of him coming out. They, where he's just no, not there. Just... And then next shot, his naked body is laying face down. Just the score, the right. core just spit him out. <laughs> yup. So, uh, so yeah. Again, we're kind of breezing through this because there's really not a lot that actually happens. They're very obviously stalling for time on a lot of this. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this is kind of one of those episodes that I mean. I, maybe this is something worth talking about about all of these episodes, but I feel like because we're talking about it now, maybe this is the time to bring it up. But like, it's definitely episodes like these where like you know, again, not to take like an uncharitable view of like many people's takes on this show as a whole, but like this, these, it's the episodes like these that make me wonder what is the push and pull between. What aspects of Evangelion at this stage of its of its narrative are like the intentionality of Anno, you know, the intentionality of Gainax, and how much of this was like, you know, the the desperate moves of somebody trying to save money? You know, that is not to imply that these scenes are like insincere or that these you know these scenes were just ginned up out of you know yeah. on a whim, but more like how many how many of these scenes exist because like. You know, I guess it's a thing, right? Like, you know, again, like, not to, like, you know, not, not well, you know, some some of these straw men are becoming to, are starting to become real based on some articles I've read lately. But, like, you know, you, you always hear the articles about, like, oh, like, even Dylan makes this, like, daring tonal shift, how, you know, two-thirds of the way through, and, you know, what a genius Anno is. And it's like, 
I don't deny that like some of this stuff is definitely intentional, but like how much of it is like what Anno originally intended mm-hmm. for Evangelion versus like what they had to do because we ran out of money. Yeah. I know. So we raised that question in the last episode and I was thinking about that a lot watching this week. I don't think anybody sticks up for this episode because it's pretty obvious that this was like a, a filler thing. Um, but we are going to get a lot more of the either, maybe not so much the recycling, but a lot of uncomfortably long still shots. Uh, yes, and, and I guess that's and, what I mean, right? Is that like, yeah. would those still shots still exist in the version where Anno had all the money in the world? Would those, or, or would those shots exist, but would they not have lasted as long? Yeah. Right? Like, like Eero mentioned, well, you know, maybe we'll talk about this later, but like Eero told me that apparently in like the, the rebuild movies, a scene that is like uncomfortably long in the TV series is a little bit shorter in the movie version. And so it's like, well, was the original version made that long because that was Otto's intention? Or was that because like, yo, we got to stretch out, like <laughs> we got to, yeah. we got to like, we, we got to cut corners wherever we I can. think, I think it's, you know, obviously we'll never be able to say for sure. Um, the, 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 this episode, like I said, I think nobody really cares about this episode that much, but the, um, in general, I'm inclined as I was thinking about that, rewatching these, I'm inclined to believe that the scenes would have still been there. They probably just would have been more animated and maybe some of them wouldn't be. Cause I, I was thinking back to, uh, was it episode four where they have the 90 or 92nd standing at the train station bit? I think right. I think that was a hundred percent intentional. They they still sure, had money back then. Like, but that was also an episode that they made real fast to plug in in the slot because they felt they needed it, right? Uh, right, like that episode was not originally. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. true. I still think they would have done it though. But I, I guess I'm not denying that, right? I guess it's like you know, in the same way that like I don't know, in the same way that like for example, you know the. The studio that seems to have inherited the Gainax snack for cutting corners, like the way that Trigger often does its comical bits by cutting corners, I I don't deny that those are likely intentional, but also like, you know, just yeah, I don't I don't think the how, how much how much are we ascribing? I guess how much are we ascribing to like the genius of the director's intentions <laughs> and the genius of the show versus like people trying to reach for things that were maybe just done out of a yeah a, a matter of like desperateness. I I. And I'm not going to say I have the answer. Yeah, that that question I don't want to answer now. But now, hang on, you're <laughs> telling me Ava fans are reaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 question. Well, I think let's we can revisit it again at the end of this. I think we'll be we'll be revisiting that a couple times throughout the last couple episodes here. But probably so. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that is again something to keep in mind as we uh, we keep moving along here. Uh, but you know, one last thing final part in episode 20 speaking of long still frames um oh yeah, oh, yeah. M- masato and kaji finally uh, get it on after right. uh, having, uh, having spent a month worrying about shinji the first thing she does after making sure he's okay is to go have sex with her boyfriend yes yes look you know every Human beings, human beings, gotta let off steam somehow, uh-huh. you know. And like, she longed for the touch of another, and thus invited the kisses, or whatever the title. Apparently. However, yeah. however that went. So, um, uh, according to the platinum notes, they said this was actually pretty uh, controversial, I guess, at the time. Because I mean, it was like 1995. Yeah, like they don't right? show anything, but there's a lot of uh, 
sound. Well, there's a lot of telling. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of telling, let's say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, this is one of those perfect examples of how it is easier to bring in the voice actors into the booth on short notice than it is to animate a scene. And the entire thing is entirely just one still shot of, like, the... Uh, the glass of uh, the bedside or whatever, glass yeah. of booze yes. and uh, cigarettes on the the bedside or whatever, but uh, but uh, yeah, uh, they 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 kind of get into uh, a little bit of I mean, Masato trying to get more information out of Kaji, uh, yes. as she's trying to get to the bottom of you know all the. I mean, you know, I think it, I think in many ways, like Masato's relationship with Kaji is, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, a capital I interesting one, you know, maybe not what I'd call a healthy relationship or even a relationship I think is a good one to have with a person like Kaji, but like it is that interesting mix of like, she is obviously using him, but she, I mean, she's obviously using him in in a two pronged way, right? Like, or like, I think she does genuinely like use him as kind of an emotional crutch, but also she is using him. Yeah to like try to uncover more information right it can be both things but yeah i mean in a world where not a lot of options for emotional crutches in misato's world so i mean (laughs) no no i mean as yeah i'm pretty sure second impact killed all of the psychologists uh yes apparently nerve does not have yeah you know now now that you brought that up actually i was gonna say like fucking even like goddamn star trek like remember to have like a uh, like a psychological health uh, expert on board. I mean, you know, like if you were a Masato, would you trust the nerve staff psychologist? No, not <laughs> a chance. Of course not. But like, I mean, Christ, who would that be out of the who would that be out of the staff you have there? Hey, Gendo, it's not Fuyotsuki. Ritsuko? No, as we find out, Ritsuko is equally <laughs> fucked up in the head. Uh, what we got to like, like Maya? Like, yeah, uh, air guitar, air guitar, air guitar guy? guy. What's his name? Like, Alba? like I said, is that, is that Alba? Not, have they ever even said that guy's name in the show? Like, I, I, I don't remember his name ever coming man. up. I, I want that though. I want that dude to be like fucking air guitaring while like Masato is lying on one of those like psychology like couches, <laughs> and he's like air guitaring, being like, "All right, man, tell me about your childhood or something." <laughs> You're right. Maybe he would be a better uh, support option than Kaji, but other than that, but, not uh, not a deep bench <laughs> on the. Uh, people you can no, open up no, to front in, in Evangelion. But uh, at the same time, it's also just, oh my god, every fucking time Kaji does his fucking faux, like, deep adult shtick, I'm just like, please. <laughs> like, oh please. Like, you're not fooling anybody. Uh, oh, Kaji. You know? Well. But uh, the scene does end with him uh, placing a pill uh, in, on, on the, like, the yeah, table. Yeah, like a capsule. Like, the... Yeah. And at first, I was like, oh, is that like a birth control pill or <laughs> yeah. something? But, uh, well, it's a little bit of foreshadowing for what happens later, I guess. Yeah, well, we'll come back to the capsule later. But, uh, but yeah, that kind of wraps up the episode 20. They kind of mm-hmm. got that one uh, got that one out of the way and moves us into episode 21, where quite a bit happens. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, we're yeah. moving into the director's cut episodes, yes. um, which my understanding were, are the extended versions from Death and Rebirth. Yes. The compilation movie. Yes. So if anybody's not aware, there was a compilation movie, which also had the the first half of End of Evangelion. Is that how it worked? Yes. Uh, Death is these extended episodes, and Rebirth, and Rebirth is, was... Right. The, 
the first half of Ender. Yeah, so they, that was like the initial theatrical release, and then the end of Evangelion was the you know that that part, and then the, the actual ending altogether. Um, right. So mm-hmm. in 2019, there is zero reason to watch Death and Rebirth at this stage because the if you just watch the director's cut versions i'm actually not sure what made it on netflix i'm assuming it was the director's cut because that was the it, home release, it, no, but uh death and rebirth is also on netflix though. right that is available separately uh, but there's literally no reason to watch it but uh yeah and the best part of death and rebirth is in the middle where there's this, like five minute intermission where just the soundtrack plays and there's a counter ticking down huh that's a that's a bold that's a bold creative yeah. choice to pull in a home release of uh <laughs> i think it aired in theaters at some or point it did air theaters you know what you know what hey you know what i'll say this movies are getting hell long these days i wouldn't mind if they brought back <laughs> for like a 90 minute movie though <laughs> well not for a 90 minute yeah, movie. But the like, shit's like three hours long yeah, yeah, man yeah, yeah. end game is like three hours or some and shit end game like, I, used I can't i can't hold I, I can't hold it in that long like you know shit yeah so um yeah episode 21 is the the birth of nerve or uh he was yes. aware that he was still a child another fantastic uh episode title but uh, as ira mentioned these are the director's cut episodes which probably most prominently we see some cold opens on these episodes which are one of the big oh, additions yeah. um this one, I don't really know if it gives us a whole lot other than it kind of gives us some glimpses of, uh, I, I guess, was it was it when Second Impact was happening or something? Yeah. Well, that's the implication, Security right? footage from Second yeah. Impact. Yeah, so it's like... Yeah. We find out that uh, S2 is being super solenoid because that clears things up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, yes. In the grand scheme of things, this, this, this scene at the beginning doesn't actually explain that much, but it kind of just... I feel I feel like it's one of those like tone setting yes, like it's a mood scenes to kind of uh, set the mood for like what because this whole like episode is basically like you know as they say the birth of nerve the history of like the organization that eventually becomes nerve and so right. kind of having this scene kind of set the vibe of like yo second second impact like really fucked a lot of shit yeah up. and and the bulk of the episode is flashback starting from that point yes. to the present day with, you know, we have a couple of present day things sprinkled in there, but you know, the, the main right. content of uh, the meat of the episode is the past. But first things first is, uh, Fuyutsuki gets kidnapped. Right. And like Misato gets taken in to put in Salter as well, because Kaji yeah. is a suspect. Yes. Cause if somebody gets kidnapped at nerve, <laughs> Kaji is probably your number one, uh, Probably Kaji's suspect. Fight. So, uh, so yeah, um, Futsuki gets uh, abducted and taken to go see the go see Sele. Uh, this, yeah, by the, the by the big blocks yes. now. Yeah, We've sound only baby. We switched over to the uh, the sound only sound blocks only. that uh, we <laughs> yes, it's... typically associate with Sele and not their actual. Uh, Man, it's just like this is this is again like one of those things that's like on one hand it is a striking visual design, but also like just fucking <laughs> because the thing I obsess with over in Evangelion is like you know the mechanical physicality of the show. So part of me is just fucking tickled pink at the idea of like, like we don't we, we can't use those holograms anymore. We don't we can't show our faces. Like we're gonna commission like we're gonna hire a contractor <laughs> to. Uh, to build uh, these seven fucking uh, uh, flat oblongs 
that just project 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 our voices and you know well, you it just know, makes like... me want to imagine <laughs> sorry what you in a post second impact world probably pretty good gig uh for graphic designer to work yeah, sure. with Secret I, Shadow organization. Yes. I mean, I was more thinking of like, I mean, take the work you can get. Maybe Jill, ba- <laughs> like Jill, back me up here. But I, I kind of always want to. I was kind of imagine, oh, like trying to imagine like some kind of like New York Union contractor dude <laughs> being like, all right, so let me get this straight. You want me to build a concentric circle of seven <laughs> flat Wait, so, oblongs? Well, are they are they actually physically there though, or are those just the replacement holograms? I'm actually not sure. I'm I think they're the replacement sure. holograms. Oh, uh, that's too bad. I wish they no. actually built yeah, those. Yeah, see, see, call yeah. Stone Carver to carve sound only into piece of slate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, what if, yeah, like, like, and let me get this straight. So I'm going to need, you ask for custom engraving work here. It's going to say sound only on the oblogs. Like, I know a guy. Now, let me tell you, like, I could get you a good deal. We could do 14 oblongs for cheaper. <laughs> than seven because i got order in a batch anyway yeah. so yeah. batches are 15. Yeah, this this stone is 15 dollars a square foot but if you get this stone it'll last a lot longer it's 20 dollars a square foot but uh yeah i just <sighs> oh that's so that's too bad they're just holograms i thought they were physical yeah um oh, that's a shame anyway so they're they're interrogating uh futsuki because you know they're not happy with gendo and they they're I guess is this the part where they're contemplating using him to replace Gendo or something? Is that what's going on at this point? When are they ever mm-hmm. happy with Gendo? Yeah, when is right. anybody ever happy with well, Gendo? I mean, you can, kind of can't blame them to a certain extent, but it's not like uh, they have the best of intentions either. So I don't know. No, I mean, look, I I still don't really know what Sile's entire deal is yet. Like, or or you know, I don't know the full picture of it. But let me just say. Anybody who drops the line, and, and I quote, we have no intention of creating a new god, <laughs> is not somebody to be trusted. Because <laughs> anybody who's, that, that that is such a highly specific denial. Like, yeah. that's like, that's like. Wait, that's so like, what were like you trying catch, to do? <laughs> right? Like, that's like if I catch a roommate, like, opening up the fridge, and he's like, I wasn't drinking your booze. It's like, why would you say that? I just walk in the room, like, right, yeah. <laughs> Like we have, like yeah. If I, if I saw my roommate opening the fridge, he said, "I have no intention of creating a new god." I'd be like, <laughs> "What are you doing with my excuse? <laughs> what are you doing with my leftovers?" Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, while this is happening, this kind of causes uh, Futsuki to think back to uh, all the way. Takes me back to my college teacher. Days. Yeah, all the way back to uh, his to to 1999. The idyllic nineteen ninety nine. Right. Nineteen ninety nine bizarre summer. Yep. Um and uh this is I guess technically pre second impact at this point, right? Because what, what yes. and yeah. then uh we we get our first uh, opportunity like this is the first time they really show Shinji's mom, right? Yes. Yep. We meet uh Yui Akari yes. for the who, proper for the yes, first time. Who was one of his students? Is that how that works? I believe so. Yeah. Right. She's like in the same like field as him. And so right. she's like an up and coming. Like, yeah. They, they. Yeah. Student. Um, yeah, like, so yeah, we... She's like an up and coming genius in the field of. Bioengineering. The field they were talking about, to be honest. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Bioengineering. Yeah. And. 
so Futsuki kind of takes a liking to Yui, who's one of his students, and we also, mm-hmm. on the opposite end of the spectrum, we uh, we meet a, a young uh, Gendo Rokabungi, as his name currently is yes. at this point in time. Yeah, I uh, um, I actually know this detail, but uh, that's uh, it, it, that's interesting. He's a fucking hooligan. Yes. Yeah, I mean. As Fuyutsuki says, young Gendo looks pretty coarse. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they uh, meet by hit by him bailing him out of jail or something, right? Or yeah, after getting into a a fist fight or something. So something like uh, that. Which, to be fair, you know what? <laughs> like father, like son. Be for better or worse. Like if Gendo got to a fist fight, he probably deserved it. <laughs> I, I would, I would believe that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they gave us. I don't remember if they gave us any details as to what happened. But, uh. like, the, among the worst ways to meet someone is you're called by the cops out of nowhere, saying this person you've never met is asking you to pick them up and post bail. Yes. So, like. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> not not a great way to uh not a great first impression for sure. I mean, young Gendo is clearly a man that uh has no fucks to give. I mean, even even at such a young age, you know, just yeah. uh, I uh do they even did they even uh, address what does Gendo do? Like, is he also a student in bioengineering I, or anything? I, I or don't he, know. Like, the implication seems to like. The implication of this flashback is that, like, Gendo just literally marries into Sila, or, like, you know, what becomes it, like, just by happenstance, but doesn't actually have any, like, real expertise to bring to the table. Like, he's not a, like, he's not a scientist, he's not a... Yeah, they don't, I don't think they ever really specify, like, what he does, right? Like... Right, he's he's not, like, rich or anything, it's like, he just, like, what... (laughs) Is it just right. like is it just like every you know just like you know the UN or or whatever I guess it's still the UN at this point is like you know doing their like investigations and shit and it's just like like Yui you're like the star like scientist we want you to lead this operation and she's like, I'll do it but only on one one condition <laughs> my my hubby Gendo has to come with me dirt. and everybody's just like <laughs> husband with side eyeing and they're yeah. like like I don't know yeah I, I mean that, that guy. I mean, people who are ambitious and have no uh, no morals, <laughs> more no moral uh, direction, uh, often find themselves in uh, positions of power. So, whether they're regardless of their level of talent or ability, um, so you know, maybe he hmm. just conned his way up to the ranks or whatever. But just faked it until. Uh, he made it. But yeah, anyway. Um, so this kind of kicks off a series of uh, like a, almost like a year by year recap of Futsuki's memories for counting down from that time to, uh, to through second impact and then up to now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, like, I like some of them they just skip. He's like, nah, nothing good happened there. That was so bad. I don't. We're just not even worth talking about. <laughs> right, but like a year immediately after second yeah. impact, really sucked. Yes, the year of hell. Yeah, and. Uh, we catch up a couple years later with uh, Gendo hunting him down as he's working as an unlicensed doctor in the uh, in some like crazy shanty town. Yeah, yeah like uh, 
humanity is clearly not in a great place uh, immediately post second yeah uh, I, th- I think is this here where they mentioned that the that it's just permanent summer on earth now yeah at this yes. point yes. although the, cic- the cicadas have been there all so long yeah. so so we actually <laughs> i never really thought about it but like we always, we always think about evangelion feeling like it's in summertime with the cicadas and everything and when you think about it, it's like a lot of like several months have passed like i don't know exactly how much time has passed throughout the we know at least well, I mean, the one month passed from last <laughs> episode right so like right. i mean i feel like the implication is that at least enough time has passed that like we should be in our at least by this episode in the show i think viewers would begin to realize wait a minute it's been summer for we a should while. be switching to our uh, fall uniforms now right <laughs> right exactly um i never thought about that until watching this again i was like oh that's i didn't never even occur to me but uh but yeah, so Gendo uh, hunts down Futsuki and has him convinces him to go on a trip to Antarctica with him, where uh, they first see the site of Second Impact, and Futsuki kind of learns the truth that it was you know not a meteor because I guess everyone was still buying that story, and uh, right. kind of gets sucked into at this at this point. Nerve is called Gehern. Is that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so he, he kind of gets sucked into working with uh, Gendo and Yui on uh, on their projects. All right, we see uh, we see young Misato in a fucking cell like an animal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Misato, like just a catatonic Misato. Yes. Uh, she has not spoken. This, I think they said it's been like two years at this point since yeah. Second Impact. Yeah. As the last survivor, she has not spoken or any communicated with anybody at this point so they're just kind of which, uh, which makes which makes her bounce back and like in this flashback like even weirder for me like well by the time i mean there's a couple more years that happen between this and right right but like what i mean is like like the we see misato in a flashback in this flashback right like like this is like we see misato both like immediately after second impact and this we see a flashback misato like a few years after that when she's like in college and like yeah i i i I, I, (laughs) she seems to have entirely bounced back with like no seeming like trauma by the time by the time she was in college that would have been like what like 10 years after or eight or nine years or something oh, after I guess, so yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I mean eight years before the show right so three or four years after where she's catatonic oh yeah so that's not even that many years like i mean it's it's possible <laughs> i mean uh, i'm sure the... I, i'm sure i just yeah but uh anyway um so again this whole episode is just giving us more details of the uh, you know the how nerve or gehern was back then yeah, we uh we did meet nope. uh we did officially meet uh ritsuko's mother i was just called her dr akagi but now ko akagi and right we uh we see young ritsuko as well yeah pre-dyed hair yeah and we are also introduced to what will become the geo front like yes Right. Like basically, basically, we found this big ass cave. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Fuyutsuki uncovers the truth of Second Impact and threatens to go public with it. And then Gendo's like, "Fuck it, whatever. Let me just show you what's actually going on yeah. here." And uh, that is how he gets dragged into this. Did uh, you mention Geofront was not man-made? They found it. Yeah. Right. 
It is identical uh, to the cave under Antarctica where they found Adam and the Lance of Longinus. Yes. Yes, apparently Otto believes in hollow earth theory. So. <laughs> well, it's not quite that big, but... Uh, well, but yeah, yeah he... Uh, <laughs> You know, he sees the geofront and what's going on. That's when, and then you know, once they get into yes. central dogma, that's when they they meet Doctor Kagi. Can't can't believe the Hunter Z is in Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we are introduced to uh, Unit Zero. Yes, right. We see, uh, or what is the beginning, the beginning of, of Unit Zero? Um, which is like what a spy in its head and like kind of it, right. yeah. <laughs> at that point, yeah. Uh, so they're they're in the process of building the Evangelions. They're also uh, or the first Evangelion. They're also in the process of uh, finishing the, the Magi computers. Uh, mm-hmm. As Ira mentioned, we get a glimpse of uh, teenage Ritsuko in here, and eventually we see uh, Masato and Ritsuko, the college years uh, version, as they're. Uh, mm-hmm. They manage to become Hang friends out. somehow, probably because they're the only people that are age in, 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 at that point. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that are still alive. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it's like it's inter- interesting. We see in the present day their relationship where they're still kind of friends, but that's a lot more tense. Cool. Um, that relationship has like undeniably yes. changed. Like, I, it's a thing I didn't really notice until this series set of episodes. But yeah, like, it doesn't actually feel like Masato and Ritsuko are that close. Yeah, because like they are work friends. You know, like they are they are close enough friends that Ritsuko occasionally deigns to visit Masato's nightmare apartment to eat curry. <laughs> but like, you know, and they'll go out drinking. But it feels like the kind of friendship that exists because of just, like, momentum. Like, we don't know anybody else. Like, you know, we used to be great friends. So, like, you know, who else? Like, who else am I going to invite drinking, you know? Mm -hmm. So this adds an interesting context to that. Because they were actually legitimately friends when at this stage. Uh, Like, yeah. They're finally sound like she's writing letters to her mother or something. Yeah. Uh, Right. During the sequence. We also see right. Ritsuko smoking for, like, I think the only time uh, on screen. Every other time, it's just a shot of an ashtray with a hundred cigarettes in it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you brought that up, because I did not catch that detail. Uh, yeah, I never, I never thought about that. You never actually see. And again, how much of that is, like, a, a slick stylistic choice, and how much of that is, like, <laughs> you don't feel like animating a smoking scene. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I mean, as we've been saying the whole time, even with no money, like their visual storytelling yeah, is top, top very, notch. Yeah, it, it is top notch. It always they're, has. They're been. making do, uh, right? Um, yes, yeah, so we find we uh, we also meet um, one uh, one little Shinji. Oh yeah, I right. Put that, in the, put that in the notes, but we do see baby Shinji. Yes, yes. We, we see that it is bring your kid to work day because <laughs> we got little Shinji just kind of running around that little tight in his little sizzling in this, uh, stroller and yeah yeah in this uh fucking clandestine facility Gendo seems totally cool with it because you know like this is still uh this is like pre uh this is uh when Yui was still around so like for you two well. like uh should we have that kid running around and Gendo's basically just oh if Yui's fine with it whatever Yui like, brought him like yeah like yeah she um, wants to show him the, the cool experiment 
Yeah, it's probably um, not a great day to bring your kid to work. But uh... again, I want to bring up once again. Maybe we'll also get to this with the Asuka flashback episode. Um, So I get this is a very common trope in fiction, right? Like not just in anime, but also in Western fiction, right? Of course, you have, uh, you know, like Spider-Man's nemesis, the lizard, and and, and many such types as that. But uh, Nerve seems to have an awful policy of letting its head scientists partake in their primary experiments, like as the like main test subjects, <laughs> which like th- this is not how testing works in the real yeah. world. Yeah, like like when the U.S. Oh, oops, sorry, uh, oh, that was me. When the U.S. military, for example, develops like a new prototype jet. The head of the Air Force does not pilot the, or the jet. Or the engineer right? that designed like, it does not get in the jet. Yes. Yeah, right. Like, the guy who built the jet does not get in the jet. Like, that's not how it works. Like, when they, you know, when they experiment with, like, cloning, right? They clone sheep. They don't clone the head scientist. Like, did, did, but what if they are, did? Did they say something where... I mean, oh, yeah, man. What if they did? How much cooler would science be? But, <laughs> like... I'm just saying, like, you know, if you had to, like, if you really needed to experiment with, like, this, like, mind melt, like, they, I mean, they don't even really get into the details of what the experiment is. Like, it's just implied to be something related to the Ava units. You can put two and two together by this point, I would yeah, say. I think definitely like, by the end of the 23, but, yeah. Yeah, but, like, just, like, you could, you, what, like, like you, you couldn't, what, like, other what, what what mecha anime tropes were too good for you like you couldn't find some <laughs> hot shot like fighter pilot to do the test for you like every other proper mecha I, anime um... like fucking dr Sautame does not pilot mazinger z like he gets his grandson <laughs> yeah, to do yeah, that for him test it on your like... grandson um <laughs> so i mean Kim Ray puts his own son in the gundam you know that is true <laughs> But see, that's that's my point. Temray is a good scientist. Temray himself would not have done them because that's a health risk. So, um, th- didn't they say at some point like this was Yui's decision or something? I mean, not that that makes it yeah it's better per se. But... No, 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 no. But yes, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not attacking this. on like, oh, this is bad writing. They explain it. I'm saying it's still a bad Yui idea. Might not actually be that Yui might not actually be that smart of a scientist <laughs> if she insists on. Testing things on herself. Yeah. So, um, as all experiments do in uh, Evangelion, this one goes wrong. <laughs> Horribly wrong. Does not go well. And uh, these are kind of it's kind of Yui's uh, last time we ever see Yui at this at this stage. Mm-hmm. One can infer this was the incident mentioned in the previous episode where someone was sucked into yes. the Ava. So, uh, and as we know, that did not work. Of course, so. She's officially declared uh, declared dead at this point, uh, and this is where Gendo kind of takes a turn. They say he changes. Where Gendo becomes yeah. Gendo, mm-hmm. and he he shifts his focus over to the you know bum 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 human instrumentality project, uh, and that is how we get the Gendo Ikari that we know today. Um, yeah, you know they. But uh, for all, uh, go ahead, G. Go ahead, Jill. Oh, I was just gonna say. Uh, uh, no, no, no. You, you I was just gonna it. say the uh, 
we didn't mention why why does Gendo take her surname? Is there you know is like, that, is that like so a common level, thing I, that like a cultural thing that I'm not aware of or I have I have read it is culturally appropriate if her family is of higher standing okay. that's what, that's what I, for him to take her surname. I figured, but I didn't do any research on it. I just thought that was interesting. My understanding is it's also meant to signify that he did actually love her and was not just using her, but that's getting into conjecture. Well, you know, <laughs> regardless of like what Gendo's actual aims are, right? Like, you know, it's hard to really call him husband of the year when he is already picking up side ass like <laughs> no less than a couple of weeks I mean, after his wife's goes, disappearance. Yeah, now Koakagi they start get a scene where she's like this is what I wanted to happen so right. I could mac now on that, uh, get now that Yui's gone out of the picture right and uh yeah we kind of get this message to us by uh you know Ritsuko she gets she's joining Gahern and she shows up just in time to see her mom making out with Gendo uh <laughs> yep, which Certainly does right. not have any ill effects on her psychology. Yeah. Whatsoever. Um, kind of infer that she had a thing for Gendo. Yeah. Uh, we also are introduced to Ray. Yes. All, kinds right. of, all kinds of weird yes. fun uh, stuff happens in this thing. Yes. Little, Little Ray is Ray. here. Yes. I think we saw... I forget which episode in particular, but there's some sort of flashback where uh, Gendo and uh, Yui are... Talking about what to name their child. I and think that was actually the last episode. The I think you're episode. right. Yeah, when Shinji's inside the robot, yeah. uh, where she says, "If it's a boy, we'll say, we'll name him Shinji. If it's a girl, we'll right. name her Ray." And right. so, and so Gendo Yui's shows up with yeah. Ray. Just Ray Ayanami just showing like, up. Yeah, out it's a uh, daughter of my friend or relative or something. I don't know. You're, none of you are buying. Yeah, you look, know, none of you, you are buying. Just like my late wife. Yeah. Right, right. It's like, I mean, look, it's a little hard to hide the blue hair and the red eyes. Like, anime is anime, but I feel like they still make it a point that, like, Ray specifically has, like, some very unnatural physical characteristics. Right. And it's like, Gendo, I don't think you got any blue-haired, red-eyed <laughs> family friends. Yeah, so, um, Baby Ray's, uh, walking around, and... Yeah, Baby Ray's also got a fucking I guess, mouth uh, they let her walk around unsupervised in this uh, top secret facility because uh, we see a bit where Dr. Akagi's uh, checking out the, the Magi computer and baby Ray pops up and uh, <laughs> man, this is a scene. Um, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you know, Dr. Akagi's trying to be nice to her at first. Like, Oh, are you lost or whatever? She, she tries and very hard. She to tries be, her hard, you know, she tries hard to be the nice. She tries not to strangle her, but she just can't help herself. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Look, maybe if Ray did not have so much, make so much fucking back talk to her, you know, her, her, her elders. Oh, I hate, I hate, I hate uh, laughing maybe, about this. But so... Maybe she'd still have a functioning windpipe <sighs> now. So, so you, you, the, it's, it's not just that, but the, she, she, she happens to look with very much like Yui, as she points out, and yes. she she says, "Hey, hey, you old hag! That's what that's what Gendo says. You're an old hag, and he doesn't need you anymore." And uh, right, like she just like busts out like this weirdly specific. Like this is a like snarkier, meaner Ray than the Ray we have ever seen in the show proper. Which I mean, maybe for reasons, but like. 
Is there, like, was this part of, like, the conditioning of, like, you know, let's just get out here, the Ray clones? Like, is it, like, <laughs> like, it was, like, the first run was, like, oh, we actually gave it a little bit too much personality? Because, like, I can't ever imagine the Ray that we know in the show be, like, hey, by yeah. the way, uh, my dad fucking hates you. Uh, he's just using you like you're fucking shit. I think, <laughs> I think they were going for she doesn't know kids, like little kids being brutally honest and not knowing better. Because sure. like if I, I could see that maybe not quite that brutal and on the nose, but I could see a little kid saying something like that if like that's their only frame of reference. So like, oh, that's Doctor Akagi. The only thing I know about this person is this thing that Gendo said. Um, and that's what they're going to blurt out because they're a little kid. Um, as to why she was wandering around headquarters, Central Dogma by herself or whatever in the middle of the night, it looks like, then I don't know. But I mean, uh, <laughs> look, for better or worse, let's be real, right? What's the title? Well, let's go back to what the freaking title of this episode is. Uh, he was aware that he was still a child. Let's be real. Gendo never grew up. Gendo is definitely <laughs> one of those dads who let Yui do all the like child raising, right? Yes. Like, whatever my wife will take care of it she knows how to raise a kid that's not my job you know like like because like fucking as we can clearly see here like with just gendo and ray gendo is uh completely incapable of uh adequately raising a child he didn't do much better with uh shinji either so Mm -hmm. so So anyway uh, um strangles the hell out of ray and then jumps from the top of the uh office onto the computer's Yep. But, uh, I mean, at least based and on those prior they, episodes, yeah. not before she had time to angrily scrawl, damn you, Gendo, on the innards <gasps> of the Magi yeah. and Maggie, so... <laughs> yeah, and so they say, like, and the next day, Gehirn became Nerve, except for Dr. Akagi. Whoops. Yeah, they showed the, uh... Chalk oh outline. God, they showed the chalk outline yeah. on the, uh, the computers and everything, yeah. And so um, there's the birth of Nerve. Uh, yep. So uh, I think some. So we we got that backstory. We got the backstory. We kind of been filled in with pretty much everything we need to know at this point. And uh, somewhere sprinkled in there, they showed. Um, I don't. Does it happen now or shortly before? Whatever. I think some of these were cut together. But when uh, Kaji this is at the very end. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. at the very end. Yeah. Okay, so that is at the end. So. Um, he pulls Fuyutsuki out, Misato's lit out of solitary, and uh, Kaji is apparently shot in some warehouse somewhere. Yes, I mean, uh... Yep. My understanding so. is the director's cut did some shot shuffling, because originally the uh, cut made it seem like Misato's the one who shot him. Oh, huh, right. weird. So they did not... They at the very least wanted to let us know that it was not Misato right. that shot him. Okay. Um... Yeah, because the way it was cut, like the scene before, is Masato getting her gun back, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess Yeah, I guess if you cut it like that, yes, I could see how you could come to that conclusion. You know, as somebody who's only so, ever watched the director's cut, I was like, I'm not sure how you come to uh, that Yeah, so I think, that, I think that's where they had to adjust it. But it, it, he was, I mean, we can put two and two together. Yeah. So, I mean, it. is the implication here that, like, Kaji had, like, some kind of what, like, last minute moment of conscience and like you know busted Fuyutsuki out and then was like taken out by his CLA masters or like or was that just something like, along those lines up loose ends like yeah I think 
I think it was something along those lines, because uh, he does also, as we'll see later, give Masato all the information he right. has. Right, and of course, Kaji being, like, the fucking... Frankly, the piece of shit he is, like, leaves Masato the most fucking, like... Sorry I was too cool, Masato. Maybe one day I could have been less cool and more straightforward with you. Oh, well, I'm dead now. It's like, oh, please. Like, just, like, it's like the most fucking, like, selfish thing in the world for a man to do to be like, oh, I'm going to be emotionally available now that I know I'm not going to survive. Like, fucking, fuck off, dude. Like, And even then, he doesn't uh, quite commit to it. But, right, um, he even says, oh, if I see you again, I'll promise to say the thing I you always wanted to hear, but I'm not going to tell you in this phone call. It's like, it was... It was definitely within character. Oh, of course it's in way. character. But, uh, and, and I, wonder character that, is... I wonder if that plays better to a Japanese audience. Oh, of oh like... wow, Kaji really loved her all along it's... or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I could yeah. probably see a person coming to that conclusion. Right. And I'm sure that in-universe, that's what they want us to think. Mm-hmm. I just I just decided to continue to believe that Kaji's a piece of fucking shit. And that, <laughs> frankly, yeah. like it's very hard for me to like sympathize. I mean... I empathize with Misato in the next couple of episodes, but it's very hard for me to like sympathize with her feelings. Like, I, I think I think Kaji's supposed to be a very gray figure. I don't think yeah, you're necessarily. I mean, right. you're not supposed to like him, but he has. I mean, I think we've always. He's not, sorry, go ahead. Some redeemable. He has some redeemable qualities, right. but I mean, he's all. He manages to be like the least least unscrupulous male adult character in the show. Yeah, which is like an extremely low bar, but yes. like. You know, it's like, I mean, yes, like, you know, yes, Kaji's the one who, like, gives Shinji the speech to get back in the robot, right? Like, Kaji has done, like, these things here and there. I think it's just, like... I mean, he, he basically sacrifices himself here. Yeah, it's just, like, the, I guess for me, it's just, but... like, you know, Kaji as a character is just, like, it, it's not even just, like, his... It's not just, like, oh, he sucks because he's, like, like a his personality or whatever. It's just, like... Kaji so much toes that like Kaji so clearly intended to be the like morally gray character that like you know like he's a scoundrel but he gets results and like he 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 truly does care after all but like he shows so little of that care externally it's just really hard for me to like actually yeah. care about him as a yeah yeah I'm definitely uh want to talk about ambivalence oh uh, man we want to talk about ambivalence in this show uh, i have some thoughts but we'll save that but uh yeah so just as far as this scene goes we, we were kind of mentioning it uh i i actually really liked how they did this uh because as soon as masato gets her gun back she knows kaji's dead yeah like yeah like she's waiting for the confirmation and she's very anxious about getting the confirmation, but she knows, right? Like she's sitting there waiting. I mean, once she's been let go, the implication is like the matter has been dealt with. And right. That's what the, that's what the nerve secret service guys tell her is like, you're, you know, and so, so I think the way they set it up and then, yeah, the message is, I mean, it's, it's, makes sense for Kaji. It doesn't make you like him more, but it just makes yeah, it sense is in for character. character. It is in character, yeah. I, and, uh, and yeah, we get the, we, we kind of get Shinji uncomfortably listening to this all, and oh, not yeah. really <laughs> wanting to be there, and this is where we get the, he was aware he was still a child, because he doesn't know what to do. Like, what do you do in that situation? Yes. You know, Masato is breaking down, sobbing, listening to the message, and there's just, like, literally nothing he can do about it. So. I mean, 
you know, I still, I'm still gonna say I think Shinji made the right choice. I feel like going in there for the comfort, right? Like, I what think, it, I don't what, think Shinji would have been the one help. capable of doing that. You know? Yeah. But, so, uh, um, so yeah, Kaji's gone, and we we move along into the next episode, twenty two. Yes. So this is, this is staying human or don't be. Yes, we. Uh... Finally you know, I wanted to. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jill. I wanted to. I wanted to mention before getting into this episode specifically. I was reading something about how they were originally going to make when uh, Sadamoto was doing the character designs. They were originally going to make the main character a a girl kind of similar to Asuka. Hmm. And then they decided she'd be too much like. Uh, like Gunbuster and some of their other shows. <laughs> oh so no, decided, too much like Gunbuster. So they decided to make it. A, they decided to make the main character a boy. I just thought I, I started thinking because I had heard that a long time ago and actually looked it up again. That was actually a quote from huh. Sadamoto. That's but, interesting. Uh, and then the, he uh, just drew Shinji by giving boy more boyish hair on Nadia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so. I, I for some reason I thought of that in this episode because this is a very Oscar centric episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, this, this is, is where we, we finally get the reason why Oscar is the way she is. Yes, um, I, this probably makes me a bad person, but I liked this episode a lot. Um, I think it was a, I think it's a, fa- it, it, it provides some fascinating insight into uh, Oscar as a character and just kind of yes. like the central tenets of like her ideology and personality and like it's like it, i mean i mean I, you know like i think the thing that like you know you can never take away from evangelion is like the strength of its character writing but like i, I for some reason it all comes together really well for me with asuka i think because i think because asuka is for better or worse the most conventionally anime character in this show yes and so like for someone to kind of like, kind of just take like a, 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 sometimes a scalpel and sometimes a hammer to that archetype and just be like, oh, this is what makes it tick. Like, yes. Well, what, what would it take to get that kind of character? Right? What <laughs> like, would drive a person to act like this? And yeah. And, and, and maybe a part of it, and maybe a not, not a tiny, insignificant part of it is also like, you know, like y'all have heard my stance on Asuka. You know, I, I don't. I don't wish awful things upon her, but maybe it was a little gratified. To... Oh well, yeah, that's a, that's a different story. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know? yeah, no, I actually I remember this was one of my one of my favorite episodes the first time I watched it. Uh, just because this is where this is where my my opinion of Oscar flipped basically. Um, but uh, well, I wouldn't say it flipped for me, but uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was younger and more naive back then too. Sure, but, uh, sure. I, I do that feel one day she might still be your waifu. I get it. Well, <laughs> and we'll 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 talk more about that. If you could Oscar just understand there, but... her well enough, she would reciprocate your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, uh, we we kick things off with the director's cut cold open again mm-hmm. with Oscar uh, and Kaji. Uh, this is probably shortly before we meet them, right? They're on the boat. They're on the yeah, ship. They're like on the boat yeah, where they're yeah, shipping so. Unit 2. And, uh, you know, Asuka is like desperately trying to come on to Kaji, and she's clearly just a child. Like, <laughs> she yeah, has no idea how to I mean, works. Like, and it's right, kind of sad like, and know, desperate. 
Um, yes, I think that's the thing that works for me here is like, I think you can constantly ask yourself the question when it comes to fan service, especially in Evangelion, like, when is the fan service being used to communicate a point? And when is, it, when is the fan service just being, you know, fucking skeevy shit, right? Like, you know, the difference between, like, a scene like the one here where, like, Asuka is, like, pulling down her blouse and, Look like... Look at my chest that's non-existent! Right, like, desperately shoving her chest... I meant at all! Right, to, like, convince Kaji that, like, to treat her like an adult, to give her the validation that she believes comes with being an adult. But then contra- contrast that this with, like, you know, my boy Kensuke selling illicit photos of Asuka at school, <laughs> right? Like... Right. To other children, though. <laughs> right. Yes, but even but, 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 still, but, like, yeah, point, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Like the gaze yeah, yeah. in those episodes yes. still intended to be like to the fans, like yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were there, you'd buy those photos, wouldn't you? Like, well, this is kind of like revolting, right? Like, right, we're, right. Like that's the thing. Like, I think the thing is like in twenty two. I think all the fan service in twenty two works because it is like. I don't know, maybe this is just because we're older. Like, I don't know, if we were like 14, 15, 16, would we still be like, haha, that's hot. But like, you know, looking at this, it's like, yeah, it's like what you said, Jill, it's sad. It's like, it's pitiable, right? It's right. like, like you, under- yeah. like, like, you understand why Kaji, like, responds the way he does, because like, he's like, you're a child, like, you're a kid, like, your, your attempts at, like, flirting are, like, right. so clumsy. <laughs> But, like, you know, at the same time, this is the show where, like, again, like, Kensuke and, like, Toji are scoping out, like, you know, raised thighs or whatever, right? Right, like, right, right. You know, yeah. and it's, like... Or completely so, different. They'll, they'll, yeah. still, they'll still have her lean down in front of Shinji and show her, her boobs. Right, right. It's, like, how much, like, it's, it's it, I think, I think, it, I think it's a di- very difficult line of, like, using sexuality to communicate narrative and then, and then just using, using sexuality as, like, titillation. And, right. I don't know, I kind of wish Ava had done it more the former this way, because then, I right. think <laughs> it still does it often enough in the latter. That, that, that is how you end up with the version of Evangelion that is, like, its perception in modern otaku, like, fandom, which is, like, you know, you know, who's best girl, Asuka or Rey, right? Like, right. Like, I think those conversations are fueled by the fact that Ava still sometimes winks at, winks and nods at the viewer and is like, yeah, but you still like it, right? And Right. That does not appear to be the case in these, uh, in right. this particular situation. And, right? and that's a shame because I think it's done so well in, in this episode. Right. But yeah, so, uh, we, we, Get a lot more flashbacks in this one too with Asuka's backstory. We kind of get we we do we ever actually see Asuka's mother? We do hear her. We sort of like uh, silhouetted in a hospital bed playing with a doll. Yes. Uh, yes, I we, mean, I think the point of the flashback is to communicate that uh, 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 people the people in the universe of Neon Genesis Evangelion are uh, con- contractually obliged to not have happy childhoods. Of course, yes. Um, so, yeah, so Asuka's mother, we, we kind of learned about her. She was a, another scientist that was working on Unit 2. And she she did, like, a, she tried, like, a similar experiment to Yui, right? Like, that's... Yes, I, I think that's the implication, yeah. And, but she she doesn't disappear, but she, like, absolutely loses her mind. Right. right. Uh, she thinks the doll is Asuka and is like, yeah. oh, that weird little girl is back. Yeah, she refuses to acknowledge Asuka's her daughter it's, now. Uh, it's um... and... meanwhile, her father is like in the other room banging at some doctor. Like, wait, what? Right, right. Wait, did I miss that? 
Did I? They like... they they ha- they have like him talking to some other doctor or something, right? That's sure. I I need to yeah. go back and recheck that. I I, I missed that part. Uh, Point I is, Oscar didn't... also does not have great right. parenting. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, eventually, Oscar's mother ends up hanging herself. Right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, this kind of leads to like Oscar claiming that like you know I think she's talking to like her like foster mother like a family member or something and she's like i don't need anybody like she's saying yeah. this when she's like four years old like i don't need anybody anymore like i can i can take care of myself i won't ever need anyone ever again like i mm-hmm. and, and what she says specifically or i think what she says specifically and i think this is what ties into the center the core of asuka's character is like she claims she says out loud like i will find my own validation in myself right like i will be independent and like the tr- inherent tragedy of that statement is like it is so like blatantly obvious that like asuka is not capable of finding validation in her own like sense of self and accomplishment right like yeah right that's kind of the the whole kind of tragedy of her character is like she she puts on that front and tries to convince herself that you know and it it goes too far to the point where she's like yeah i'm the greatest and all that but uh like you can't just do that (laughs) i mean i mean mean, you have to uh, yeah you have to um security because it because it's i mean it's it's running away from you know her actual real problems that she never deals with and as we all know, the slogan of this show is you can't run away. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we kind of get some, some glimpses into the, some early glimpses into the backstory for Asuka here. We kind of cut him in and out between some of the present day stuff going on too, because Asuka is not having a great time with no, life. Her rates yeah. are dropping. Indeed. Yeah. She's, uh, she's, she's dropping so low to the point that they're saying make, Ray and Unit Zero the top priority now because Unit One's still on ice and Asuka is barely able to sync with Unit Two at this point. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where like, you know, obviously they are making the hard but like rational choice here. I also feel like for better or worse, like I mean, maybe Asuka cultivated this image herself, but I feel like maybe another issue is that Asuka also gets has always kind of gotten the short end of the stick in terms of, like, how she has been deployed. Like, after this episode, I started to think about, like, every time Asuka has eaten shit in this show. And it's usually because they sent her first. Yeah, they don't... It's not usually her fault, right? Like, it's... Like, it's it's not her fault. It's not, like, due to her, like, you know, incompetence. It's, like, usually because, like... They're, like, we don't don't know know what this angel angel is. Like, send Asuka first. And it's, like... Right. and, And... I mean, again, like, trying to communicate that to a 14-year-old child, like, no, you are needed, you are valued, like, we use you as the vanguard, like, we know that, like, you are tough and competent enough that, like, we can trust you to go toe-to-toe with an angel, you know, to, like, fuel out its abilities, but, like, from her perspective, it's like, y'all just keep throwing me to the meat grinder. (laughs) Right. I go out there, I get owned, and then Shinji has to come save me, that's what it looks like Right, that's what keeps happening, right? It happens with with the fight against Unit 3, it happens against the fight against, uh, 
uh, I don't know their name, so just ribbon arm dude. <laughs> like, right. You know, like so. she is constantly made the vanguard, but like as a result, also like ends up getting you know, uh, you know, yeah, she she never gets the glory, and you know, like in any team, right? In any team setup, like that can be like if you don't have the mindset to like find value in like that role as like you know the front man as like the the the, the point man like I, I could see how it would start to really like yeah grind on your self-esteem that you you know you you never and, get the last seen, hit. you know she's so desperate for the validation like nobody cares about asuka like <laughs> other than other than maybe shinji like nobody yeah like nobody really has herself strong and independent and she take care of herself Right. right. Like, I mean, in many ways, it's like she cultivated. It. I mean, this is a this is a tragedy of her own design. Like, you can see, like, the reason why, you know, like, in many ways, like, you know, not really a point to bring it up here, but I really have come to appreciate Misato and Shinji's relationship in this show because, like, it clearly comes from a place of, like, the closest thing resembling mutual understanding this show has. Like, right. Misato treats Shinji differently because she knows that Shinji needs to be treated differently. Like, it's not like a... Com- it doesn't come from a place of, like, patronizing. It comes from a place of, like, she's like, this is what Shinji's like, so this is why I need to talk to him like this. I need to say these things to him. I need to treat him like this. Right. It's like, Asuka's like, I don't need that shit. Like, <laughs> I'm number one. I'm the best. Don't fucking say shit to me. And, like, can you blame Misato for being like, well, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's no, it's... Yeah. Like, it's, um... Yeah, clearly she brings... She's brought a lot of it on herself. I guess it's just... But she's also like that because of, you know, the the things that we're going to get into that she's been through and she's just a child. I mean, totally, she's, yeah. this, I this mean, is the coping mechanism she's chosen and you kind of almost can't blame her for not knowing what to do. Right. Something, but, something, her dog's dilemma. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, well, that's uh, the thing, right? Like, that's kind of the core. I mean, the other core of Asuka's character, right, is like... <sighs> what does Asuka want the most of the world, right? Like, for people to desperately pay attention to her, right? Like, to to just look at her, to praise her, right? To, like, you know, to to say good things about her, or, or not even, like, just to pay attention to her, right? They just so, want to, they just, she just wants them to care. She wants people to right. care about her. And so, and, like, how does Asuka, like, for better or worse, what is Asuka's primary form of affection for other people is paying attention to them. Like, like right. not necessarily saying good things about them, but paying attention to them. And, like, I think that is, like, how, like, you could tell that, like, oh, the person she actually does care the most about here at Nerve is, like, I mean, you know, other than Kaji, is Shinji, right? Because right. she pays attention to him. Like, in her, like, brain, like, that's attention, which equals good. Like, it doesn't right. even she have doesn't to be, like... comprehend that her actions are pushing him away because she's coming right. on too strong. Right, because, like, in her mind, she's like, what do you want? Like, I'm giving you attention. Like, I'm talking to you. Like, that's right. what affection is, right? Like, yeah. Like, because it implies that she cares. Like, that attention means that the person cares. And yeah. Just a bunch of messed up kids. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> so, um, I did want to mention in here, they did fit in the mention that they have begun mass producing the Evangelions up through 13. Yeah. So, uh, Despite everything that's been going on, they're they're upping their schedule, or perhaps in perhaps because of the things that have been going on, they are upping the schedule to crank out some more Evangelions. Uh, 
and we, we cut to like the first time everybody's been home at the same time with uh, yeah. Shinji, Masato, and Asuka sitting down for dinner. And man, compare this to the first half of the series. Oh, most yeah. different mood at this point. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's a thing of like they're all doing the things that they did when living together in the beginning of this series. But like the context has completely changed. Yes. Like Misato is still drinking, but it is like it is so like there's so, so much tension and just She's no longer drinking because she likes it. Yes, she is drinking because that is all she has. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't want to get too much into this right now, but um, when we talk about why we need the things that happened in the first half to happen. Yeah. It's for making the second half mean things. This is the kind of scenes I'm talking about where totally like no, yeah, I, the only reason why this scene has impact and because it feels so tense and uncomfortable and kind of sad is because we had the happy fun times, right. you know, we have Gillian standards oh, anyway. Totally. Yeah. Back I mean, in I, like yeah. episode eight, nine, ten. Yeah. I, I totally agree, Jill. I think yes. that, uh, yeah. You're right. We, we we should probably save this conversation for like once we. Right. I don't want to get too much into it. I just want to throw that out for this specific. But yeah. Scene. No. No. I I do I do agree. I'm glad you pointed that out. That like, what makes this scene feel especially sad is that like, this show did like, because here's the thing, right? Like the show did not like, those happy times at the beginning of the show were not done like ironically, right? Like they were done from a place of sincerity, and right. so like, that makes the contrast that much stronger to the state of things now and. Like, I think that you're right. Like, it is proof that, like, the show had to do the things it does at the beginning to give impact to the things it is attempting to do now. Right. That's that's where, I, you know, we've 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 touched on it before and we'll touch on it again. Just that, you know, you need all of Evangelion for Evangelion to work. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah she, anyway. she like quietly opens up to Shinji for a minute about phone call from her stepmother right, after, after her extremely bad German phone call. <laughs> and then immediately is like, why am I telling you this? Fuck off. Right. It's like, it's it that like, that's the thing. That's the, that's the tragedy yes. of her character. Yep. Like if she could it. just open up like, you know, like, but she can't, she just can't. She's like completely incapable of doing so. Like, yep. you know, we get this scene later where she's like in the bath. Or not even in the bath. She's staring at the bath. She's too mad mad to get in the bath because she doesn't want to share the same bath water with these. uh, Right. She's so angry at, like, just just lashing out at the world. Right. It's just like. Yeah. And and nobody knows what to do. Right. Like, we see the scene of Misato overhearing it. It's (laughs) like, what can Misato even do? Also, is Misato even in the emotional state to try and help? Right. She's still dealing with it. Yeah. It's not like like Misato's in great shape either. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, how can anybody help anybody else at this point when, like, I I told Nero this. I was like, wait a minute. If you told me, like, in episode four, that, like, by episode 23 or 22, Shinji will be the most mentally stable Ava pilot, like, I'm like, you're a liar. Yeah. Uh, Like, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, the the phone call with her mother, um, the platinum notes actually had the full translation of what she said. And it was like the most like boring. How are you doing? How's the weather? But like the specifically at some point she's like, well, I got nothing else to say. So I'm going to hang up. And, uh, and, uh, 
or she says, I don't have anything else to talk about either. So I'll talk to you later or whatever. And it's just like rubs in that, you know, even her, it's not like she, like she like she says to Shinji, like, I don't hate her. I mean, but it's she's just her like, contractually like, obligated interaction right. as right. Yeah. Wow. That's as good. Family. Yeah. yeah. That's uh so huh. yeah, um, that's a good touch then. Yeah. I mean, I even that, if the German was bad, like the, right. <laughs> yes. I thought that was interesting, but um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, uh, being as a pilot Ava's are tied to your yeah. emotional state. Right. Um, things are just not going well for no, uh, no, they... Asuka at work either. Yeah, um, sync rates keep dropping, they say, getting into like single digits. Borderline. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's um, just like, yeah, she's just completely losing it. Her, you know, like, something like, about how they might have to do swap out the core of Unit Zero, Unit 02, rather. Yeah, yeah, just like Right, and it's like it's, it's 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 like a spiral, right? It's a spiral effect because like Asuka associates so much of her sense of self worth with like her ability to pilot the Ava, yeah. so like her sinking drop rates like has, like, it's an exponential effect, right? Like her sink rate drops, which affects her emotional state, which causes her sink rates to drop even more. Right, and, like it's yeah, it's just all bad, and she's doing. <laughs> She's doing so poorly that uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the specifics of the elevator scene in a second here. But uh, she gets yeah, in the elevator with Ray. Elevator scene, and yeah. even Ray is like, you know, let me tell you about how to pilot on Ava. You open up your heart to Gillian. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll uh, you know, you you have to open up your heart to pilot the Evangelion or whatever she says, and, and that that mm-hmm. totally just makes Oscar snap because now yep. even Ray is uh, I mean. Again, it's like it's a thing that like it, it it completely falls in line with her character, right? Like, because in many ways, Ray is the single worst possible person to give this advice. <laughs> yeah, like, right. About, you want to talk about just, opening up your heart and your right. you like emotionless doll, as she calls right. her, basically. And, yeah. and so, like, like the implication. Because like, here's the thing, like, you know, like, I I can see bits of myself in Asuka at this in in this scene. Where like when you are like at your like emotionally lowest point, like like there are certain people you absolutely do not want to hear advice yeah, from. Like, there, there are people, <laughs> yes. like there I are would fucking people. murder certain yeah. people. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. There are certain people in my life where if I were at my emotionally lowest point, were they to be the people to reach out and try to give me advice? Like I mean you know, this is how some actual oh, fist fights. This, this is how some, so this is how some actual fist fights in my life have happened because, <laughs> like, the worst possible person gave, like told me the things I needed to hear, like, but they came from the wrong mouth, right? And it's just Ray's like, not wrong. It just this was not the person. <laughs> no, like, and, but but then again, but that's the thing, right? Like, who else could it have been? Like, like. It can't be Misato. Like Shinji probably knows this, but like he doesn't know how to connect with Asuka because she pushes. All right, guys, let's right. wheel, wheel Toji in here. Um, yeah, yeah. Where, where's Toji, man? Like, I want Toji to show up again, walking in with like a cool robot leg or something, yeah. and being like, "I'm a well-adjusted teen, unlike the rest of you. Let me give you some advice." <laughs> but uh... like, fucking, as we find out later, Hikari is too much of a fucking punching bag to. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to her next episode, but um, but yeah, well, I, we do what uh, we do have to talk about the elevator scene itself, yeah. though. All right, um, so yeah, let's yeah, let's, let's which, talk. Um, 
There's another. Un- I didn't. T- I didn't time it in the platinum notes to give me the exact time, but it's a very uncomfortably long yeah. scene. And I think. I think. Gee, this is a better time to ask your question of whether yeah. this was intentional or not, because. Uh, so so basically, the the elevator goes on for like at least thirty seconds of absolutely nothing happening, and with like one little like Oscar shifts her shoulders or something, right? Like in the middle. Yeah. But uh, and it's just nothing happens. There's no talking, just the sound of the elevator and no moving. Um, it's very it, it's obviously meant to be a very uncomfortable scene. I guess the question is, did they draw this out to buy themselves another thirty seconds, or could this have been ten <laughs> seconds and just as effective? Right, like that's that's a thing. That, <laughs> yes, that is, that is yes. This scene is better for this, but uh, in general, yes, just like that's the question I ask. Right, like because this one I can't. I I don't have an answer on this one. I don't yeah, know. If, like, I could see that going either way. Right, so this is the scene we were talking about earlier, where when the equivalent of this shows up in the rebuild movies. The, the uncomfortable silence is substantially shorter. Right. And so, like, that's what I mean. Like, is, in that case, is the implication then that the rebuild version of that scene, is that Anno's actual vision of what that scene would have been? And the version we have in the TV series is the version that they do because, like, it still communicates the same narrative point, but also buys them some extra time. How, gee, how many frames do you save with an extra 20 seconds? Uh, that's 24 frames per second so well i mean anime tends to be oh, animated on, on, uh, right. on twos so like 12 frames a second so like you do the math 30 times 12 like it's you save a lot of manpower like right. seconds don't sound like a lot of time right it's like wait why would you cut corners just to save like two or three seconds but like if that adds up into like a couple minutes over the course of an entire like episode, if you only have like x thousand frames cutting out a few hundred yeah it's it, it is a Ain't nothing. It is a, yeah it is a notable uh percentage right i mean uh, the interesting part for me is the like the conflation of these two things right is how how did they take their limitations and like bend them to their advantage you know right right because i mean that's a thing right like a lesser studio a lesser studio would have broken under the pressure that Evangelion was was created in, right? Like we we have all watched those shows that air sometimes in a given season that are like so like completely destroyed by their production <laughs> issues, right? Like you know, or the thing handshakers, or right, right. Like I'm oh, not even God. right. Like like I'm not even talking about like your Golden Kamui tier like bad productions or like cheap productions. We are talking like about ones that literally can't that finish. Yeah, like shows that literally can't even cross the finish line because right. like they're just the studio does not have the capability to handle like the the, uh, the strain, which you know maybe says something about the labor conditions of animation. But it it speaks to like the 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 sheer talent of Gynax. Like it's a, it is a weird thing to praise, but like just their ability to like take this in stride and like come up with ways to like get around the very real limitations that they're working under. And like, as Eero said, like how much of that is intentional and how much of that is like just making the best of like a very rough situation. Right. And, and then you, and then, and then in a roundabout way, you have to kind of be impressed with the solutions they do come up with. Right. Like that still, even if it, maybe, maybe it wasn't the best solution. The the solution they came up with is pretty interesting or clever or you know whatever totally to uh and you kind of have to admire that to a certain degree as well but um but yeah 
this scene, I don't think we can answer that question. I could see it like in some ways, I think it's a very effective and interesting way of right. conveying the mood. Uh, there's going to be a similar scene next podcast that we talk about, I think. Oh, yes. The, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, let's we'll save that there. for next. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we, 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 got a lot, we still have a lot of show left here. So, we still uh, got to cover the show we got on our plate right now. Yeah. Anyway, anyway uh, Asuka tries to talk to her Ava, like try, taking Ray's advice despite herself. Another I mean, shouts, stands in front really... of her Ava and shouts at it. Says, "Just listen, just obey my orders, you soulless tool." Right. Oh. I mean, she's not really talking to the Ava. I mean, she's talking. She's to doing Ava. it in her own way. Right. I mean, she's talking to Ava in the way that like Gundam pilots talk to their Gundams, like <laughs> like the way a man just might stand talk up to one again. Once again. Yeah. No, I I, I, I did. I did read that as she's so desperate that later on she's actually tried to take Ray's advice and this yeah. is just right, her. But like the problem is like, it's like she, because Asuka does not know how to open her heart. Right, right, like, right. She right. does not know how to have. <laughs> like I already said, this is, again, her, this is her way of doing it. It's not and again, right. I still think it's way. hokey. I personally even think it's hokey. The idea, like, I know what the Ava units are now, and I still think this idea of having to open your heart up to the Ava is a hokey concept. Like, yeah, well, like, I mean, you can't, you can't blame Asuka for like. Okay, what if you controlled them with big strings attached to your hands? Well, then that's different, you know, <laughs> that, because that's more along the lines of a mobile trace system. And, uh-huh. All right, we got to keep moving. Yeah, let, let, yeah, we we got off. Yeah, as, she's, as she's talking, the fifteenth angel appears. Hallelujah, so, baby! Big. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. But the, <laughs> fucking, some big fucking wings floating in space. Yeah, another one of these fuckers it's just hanging out. We can't yeah. hit it. We don't have anything that shoots that far. Yeah, this angel learned the lesson from the other angel, and it's like, oh, I'm just Zoda, not gonna come down to earth. Gonna work on our zoning game. Yeah. yeah, so it's another big orbital because uh, we had one out in space earlier too, but this one I think is even bigger. Um, yeah. So Asuka inst- like Asuka gets the orders to back up Unit Zero because Unit Zero's got the big gun, and yes. she insists that no, she'd be let out first. Right. So how dare I spy back up? Yeah, I will go up front. I will yes. land up on the on top and immediately take a hit. Right, with right eye on eye. the nose. Yes, yeah. yes. This is the like what the second or third time in this show, an Ava unit has immediately risen up from underground and then like gotten hit by the angels' attack the second they rise out. Well, at this point, at this point, the angels have figured out that psychological warfare is much more effective, right? Yeah, so. they realize, oh, these robots are being piloted by like very hormonal teens. It is way easier to just fuck them up mentally than to actually like. So. Beat them uh... up. So yeah, Oscar Oscar insists on jumping out, which I got the impression because like they're like I got the impression from Masato. Masato was like, "All right, let's just get this over with, right?" Like, right, like, like let's, get, let's let right, let's let Oscar get this out of her system, and then if and then you know either she's done, she's done or whatever. But right. uh, the so Oscar insists on going out first. She goes out and gets hit with it's, the Hallelujah beam. Exactly. <laughs> This gives a lot. This gives an entirely new context to the Mako parts in Kill Kill. <laughs> I have to be honest; like it, 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 it reframes them in an entirely new context for me. Is is is, is Mako from Kill a Kill the uh, the fifteenth angel? <laughs> you know, uh, she does possess like minor shape shifting skills. Yeah, and, she like, has the ability to, uh, uh, to catch bullets with her bare hands. So. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, Asuka's not having a good time. She no, should, this, she this just is dumps a- all the bullets out of her gun into the floor. Yeah. Like, we get some great UI stuff of, like, here's the straight lines of how the psychograph's supposed to be. Here's this hellish yes. squiggle on the other yeah, side it's, of it's, her current mental state. It's some wild shit. And, uh, like, that line's not even going yeah. left to right anymore. I will say uh, both Unit 2 and Unit 0 had some very cool guns in this episode yes. that they proceed to fucking do jack shit with, but they're very um, cool-looking guns. Um, but yeah, so Asuka gets caught up by this beam, which turns out what it does is it's the it's the traumatic flashback beam. Yeah, it's, and, it's reading her uh, mind. It's forcibly reading her mind. Right, and forcing uh, her to also witness like a just like rapid flashback. Like, it's reading her mind by making her remember everything, right? Right. Um, Before we dive into Asuka's brain here, we did get... They do sortie uh, Unit Zero, and Ray has the big-ass sniper rifle. It's a cool-looking sniper rifle. Which, you know... Too far enough. The angel's out of effective range. So, again, basically, we're not... Like physical battles are pretty much over at this point. This is like like I think yeah. we're kind of establishing that they this beat is our, all... they beat our strongest monster, Ribbon Arms. Yeah, right. <laughs> even, even even Ribbon Arms couldn't beat them. Like yeah, now we got to rely on like sneakier methods. Uh, so um, so yeah, so th- there there's nothing Unit Zero can do at this point, and uh, you know we dive into Asuka's brain this time. Yeah, and, and now it's her turn to get one of these. Uh, yeah, inside the mind, uh, like conversations with her Ava or whatever the fuck is going Shinji's on here. Got a couple. Ray kind of got one in the recap and yeah, is going to get one next episode. And it's only fair that Asuka get her turn, and her her go at it is uh, deeply traumatizing to say the least. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is uh, some rough shit to watch. She is, uh, it's like, yeah, I don't know if we she would... is just like in clear and visual, like pain, like if not physical pain, then like, yeah, uh, emotional they... pain. They kind of almost frame it as like a sexual assault type of thing. I mean, that's definitely like the vibe, right? Especially with Asuka's line at the end where she says like, my mind has been defiled. So in the original like, broadcast version, uh, whenever they're flashing words, one of the words is sex, and in every subsequent version, uh, they took that out. Huh. That's a weird choice. I mean, that's a weird censorship choice, but that does... Right. I, I think they're trying to... I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say equate, but they're trying to make it seem like this attack is... I mean, it, it's, is, it is a... It is a forceful probing from an external force. Having right? like, having like a similar is, psychological effect. Yeah, like on her. It, uh, it it is an it is an unwanted invasion into a place she considers like, you know, like private and sacred in many ways, right? And right. like this because like unlike some of the other like fucking inside the mind conversations, this one is like I mean it's not even trying to have a conversation, right? It is just like ripping these memories out and like shoving them in her face, right? Like, like the barest glimpse we see of like some attempt at like re- reconciliation is like that brief scene where like you know the child Asuka is attempting to like 
you know, whatever that child Asuka represents is attempting to connect with, like, real brain Asuka, I guess. And, right. but, like, even, even in the death, even in the throes of this deeply traumatizing event, Asuka is unable to let go of, like, who she is, right? Like, she... Right. She she can't help but push away. Right. There's this scene where of her, like, some of her more famous lines repeated over and over in the voices of different characters. Yes. Yeah. And just like each, I guess it's like each time it's like Misato or Rei or Hikari. Right. All the like female queen doing Asuka. <laughs> and she's like, right. no, that, that's not who I am. Right. And it's like, I kind of love that scene because like, I mean, yes, here's a, here again, once again, another scene. It's like, <laughs> they just run out of money because like, that's, they just that's, they, 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 they do a loop of this recycled footage, right. but again, but that, sorry, that specific it, loop was added in the director's cut. So right, right. So I guess it was intentional, but uh, because I was gonna say it is well done because like it is the thing of like I think everybody here has had a time where like they said a thing or they had a they had a, a catchphrase or a saying or like something that they could say like a person like a personal phrase of theirs that's like oh that's me like I say that thing you know like bazinga you know, or whatever oh right oh god and it's like and it's like it's a thing that you you consider a part of yourself but like hearing other people say your phrase and then having hearing other people say it in a way that seems like either patronizing or outright mocking like that's like a deep personal attack <laughs> it is a deep personal attack like an attack that like i understand at the core of my being because me in high school totally had like Oh no, gee, don't those. Kind, I'm not gonna say you. I'm just saying had those kinds of phrases, you know, like and like it's it's the thing of like oh like if the me of now were to have those phrases thrown in my face by like people that like my friends and family, I think I would literally like. I think like Oscar, I would literally like shrink into a ball and then like pull a Shinji and try to melt into LCL, like. Yeah, like it is deeply humiliating. It is deeply traumatizing, and like, I don't know. Like, it's the parts like this that actually really impress me. Uh, you know, when I'm not talking about like you know the God tier UI and the fantastic like art direction, it's stuff like this that like this part, this bit of writing must come from somebody who must have experienced this in real life. Like, yeah, somebody, one of the writers, or Otto, maybe even Otto himself, must have had in like one time in his life, like had somebody throw back a, a saying he used to say, like right back in his face in the most like humiliating way possible, and it must have just like completely destroyed him from the inside out. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it pretty much fills in whatever gaps our mind didn't fill in on Asuka's past, and you know, kind of touching on. You, you, we see kind of her real voice saying, you know, no, like, like when she says, you know, no, that's not really me. That's not really me. And, and at the end, by the end, she's just yelling, you know, that she just wants people to care about her or whatever. Right. To um, like her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, um, but I think like you touched on G, she still doesn't let that destroy her, who she, who we know her as at this point. Right. And yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, before we get to the, like the end, the, you know, her snapping out of it, we had to deal with the angel. So Gendo says, right. uh, Ray, get the lance. That's right. Get Go down lance. to that crazy giant. Is it, is this, is this the coolest thing Ray ever do, does in the entire series? 
I think so. Is this the only thing Ray has ever done in the series? Well, yeah, <laughs> okay, she did that one arm tackle. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Which is that pretty was fucking badass. That was pretty good. And this but, and this uh, this is uh so maybe that's number two. And then yeah, I do really like uh after she pulls the lance out and the the Adam's legs regrow immediately regrow and you, back. You just instantly know like we shouldn't do that. We this probably shouldn't bad. have done that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something bad just happened. Because right? before like, we, have a, we have crossed a line. Because before they're like. Oh no, we don't want to waste the lance or whatever. And it's like, okay, but yeah, we're all going to die. Use the lance, but you don't fully understand. Oh, and even now they don't really explain what happened, but you just know from that one visual cue. Yeah, that was probably a bad idea. Oh, this is really bad. <laughs> yeah, like my guy. Like you know, the obvious implication is that that lance was the only thing keeping right Adam whatever. You know, like. Right like in check shit shit is gonna pop off real bad from here on out and what better way than to use a lance by fucking tossing it into space right, the fucking javelin toss yeah it's uh it's a really cool scene i, mean, I like, am always like, a sucker for the clouds part um oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. this is this is a great bit here like this is you know like yeah like these are the parts where like ava reminds you that at its core it is still a mecha anime like this <laughs> is a cool moment like, and you can tell because, like, all of a sudden the budget comes back. Like, Ava right. Unit Zero just, like, fucking, like, like, fucking braces its its feet. Like, you see its feet, like, fucking digging into the ground, like, getting ready to just, like, toss this motherfucking thing into space. And, like, you know, it's a cool-looking attack. Drills right through the AT field. Right. Kills the hell out of the angel. Yeah. And... Flies so into goes, lunar orbit. <laughs> yes, and so goes the weapon that I thought would have been more important than this, based on the amount of times it shows up in the promo artwork. Well, it, I thought perhaps the Lance of Longinus was more had more of a role to play in this show, but uh, what well, do you think it would be like a mid-season upgrade for Unit One? I kind of thought that. You know, <laughs> like, like I always, I always wondered, like you know, I've absorbed a lot of Ava through cultural osmosis, but how come I've never seen any of the Lance of Longinus fights <laughs> on YouTube? And uh, now I realize, oh, because like the they fucking threw it into space. And I do like. We'll get into this in the next episode, but uh, but yeah, like, but again, I, I I like that this once again still ties into like the desperation of nerve, right? Like, no, I like, do have the means to bring it back. Right, like, let, yeah, I was gonna get, I was gonna say that for the next episode, but sure, we'll okay. just get into this now. Right. But like, you know, the fight itself, like, it's like, what do we do? Like, our guns don't work. Uh, like Unit Two, like the Unit Two's pilot is being literally traumatized to death as we speak. Like, gun doesn't shoot far enough. Like, we don't, ha- we literally don't have anything else. Like, fucking get the lance. <laughs> yeah, like, th- like using the lance is a bad idea, but you know, it's a worse idea letting the angel kill us all. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's an hour. Die later. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, so yeah, as soon as, uh, as soon as the Lance kills the angel, Oscar's freed from, uh, the attack. And, uh, so they recover unit two and uh, unit two is physically fine. Uh, Oscar's oh, yeah, totally fine. Technically physically fine, I guess, but, um, uh, mentally maybe not in great shape and we get this <laughs> i wrote not now shinji in uh because <laughs> like the, the kind of the final bit we have is uh shinji you know trying to uh trying yeah. to uh say something when and she's i forget exactly what he says like oh i'm glad for you or something and she's he basically says he's glad she's okay yeah and now's 
not the time for that. But I mean, this is this is where Shin. This is again. I think Shinji made the right choice with Sato. I think he made the wrong choice with Asuka. Yeah, like, right. Yes, that's what. Like this was yeah. not the time to. Uh... So she kind of snaps at him. Uh, like we said, she, she hates everybody again. Despite the attack, she does not let her guard down. Yeah, she can't. In fact, her guard's gone up. Right. Like. Right. Yeah. Like she's become even more like prickly. Yeah. Like. As we see in uh, episode twenty-three. Yeah. Also, after this episode, at end twenty two, we get like the super funky version of the ending. Oh, right. Yes, the version of the ending in twenty two is wildly inappropriate uh, time Which to pull makes that it one perfect. out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because some of the other ones in this block, they just do like the the orchestral versions, right? Right, right, right. Yes. Um, which seem more appropriate, maybe. But uh, but yeah, episode twenty three, tears or Ray three, Ray three, following Ray one and Ray two earlier in the show. Which that yes, be, uh, yeah. And Nero had to remind me that there was a, Ray, a, a an episode titled Ray one and Ray two. Yeah, like I immediately just jumped to the clone conclusion and totally forgot that there were even episodes. Well, I mean, it's, Ray it's earlier in this probably show. both, right? It's a double it's a meeting, double right? But yeah. I, I only, I only grasped at the cloning thing. So. Yeah, no, there actually was yeah. like uh, very early on Ray yes, One and Ray yes. Two when we got very her, when we got her first episodes. But, uh, right. but yeah, we open so, on Misato listening to Kaji's message, yes. like deciphering um, his data. Yeah, we also see that she has switched to drinking lots of coffee. Yeah, her room is a bit of a mess, more of a nightmare than usual. Except yeah. this time, it's not a nightmare in the comical way, it's a nightmare in the sad, obsessive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to point out, because I did, I, I, I had to double check, uh, Misato has a skateboard in her room. Yes. So, uh, Misato... Skateboard and just a cap. Yes. Like, truly a child of the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, am, I, am, I, am I making this up, or did they show her skateboarding in, in the college years montage? I don't know. I think so, no. But I would maybe, play. Maybe my brain would, made that up. But. Look, I would play Misato Kusaragi's pro skater. So sure, you know, it didn't really get good until Misato Kusaragi's pro skater too. But uh. yeah, that's true. Yeah, but well, <laughs> I, think, I think most critics tend to agree that Misato Kusaragi's. I mean, some uh, some people like McCug. Some people like McCug, but yeah, McCug. Kusaragi's underground. <laughs> oh, that, oh shit that, that, that was worth the tangent um okay so yeah um sato <laughs> still not doing great but she is starting to piece together the she's starting to pull herself out that uh yeah. kaji left behind you know Asuka's just gone to hikari's place to play dr yeah. robotics bean bean machine yeah, on the sega Asuka's, genesis uh, still kind of in pieces um wasn't it I... wasn't it a saturn it might have been a Saturn. I mean, okay, I I admit I've not seen a Saturn controller, but yeah, it's it, it was a Saturn. I'm pretty sure it wasn't like a 32x or some shit. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure because they showed the console at some point. I, I'm pretty sure it was a Saturn. That would well, that would make sense to, for uh, mid '90s too. Yeah, well, it's good to know that Sega somehow in this alternate universe survived and continued to make consoles. Yeah. In, uh, the Ava timeline. Yeah. Maybe, if, maybe if they had made the Dreamcast in time, this whole thing could have been prevented. But uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But <laughs> the, uh, 
What if they got to Sanjiro? We're here. Yeah, the guy to Sanjiro would have stopped Second Impact. Um, but yeah, Asuka hasn't been home for who knows how long, no, and she's, she's been uh, staying with Akari, staying with Akari, playing video games all day, not going to school, not really talking a whole lot. Um, yeah, this Akari's uh, doing is, her best. Yeah, this scene is interesting because, like, I think for me, it's like the vibe I always got is like, look. I'm sure Hikari sees Asuka as a friend, but, like, I don't think Asuka's, like, that tier of friend, like, the friend that's like, oh, shit, you need a place to stay? You know, come over to my place. Right. I think it's sort of that, like, Hikari's just too nice to say no. Right. And, like, you kind of get this bit where they're, like, sleeping in the bed together, and, like, Asuka's, like, kind of... Actually, Asuka's opening up her opening up a fair amount to Hikari, of all people. And like, which is like literally nobody else at this point, right? Like, right. But like, then the weirdness of the scene is like, this isn't really Hikari's fault, but like, Hikari basically admits that like she doesn't have the capability to give advice on this, and that she'll just like, all right, Asuka. Well, yeah, she's like, well, I, I'm, I'm sure you did your best or whatever, right? Right. Not the, also, not the best thing to say to Asuka. Right, but it's like, it's like, Hikari just doesn't know anything else to say. I mean, she's also she's a child, like, right? It's not like she's a right, older... she's also... Right. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Let's be real. She's probably also still dealing with the trauma of Toji's situation. Right. So, like, you know... Like, and, at this point, Toji made out like a fucking bandit. Oh, yeah, no, totally. If we want to say who's, who won Evangelion, Toji. <laughs> Uh, that Suzuhara kid, he made out like a fucking. I mean, all, he did, all he did was lose a leg. He did not get like psychologically traumatized. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, his uh, sister got injured too, but yeah, but she well, got transferred geez. to the nerve hospital. She'll be I, fine. I mean, the yeah, fact totally. that uh, the fact that that's the best you can possibly do to get out of Evangelion probably tells you how bad things are for. Everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but but I think I think it's just like it's interesting because like. It feels like Asuka's actually trying to desperately open herself up a bit, but, like... Right. It's just, like, Hikari is just, like, you know, again, not a fault against her, but she, she does not, not have, like... She's not equipped to, like, deal with this, you know? Like, yeah, As- Asuka needs some, like, professional help and not, like, another 14-year-old girl that is also right. in a terrible situation. I mean, everybody's in it, like... You know, the world is ending. Like, you feel... We've talked about, like, the, like, inevitability... The feeling of, like, inevitability, like, the pending... Duty. Yeah. Like... I mean, you feel it even more than ever at this point, and like, yeah, just uh, yeah, Hikari's not equipped to deal with the the type of right. that. I mean, I think we even get a scene where like maybe this is Kensuke's last spoken scene. That was the last like, episode, right? It was the last episode where like Kensuke's at school and he's like, with, is "Nobody's it here." Hikari, he's like, "Yeah, nobody's here." Like, I guess school's not really a priority anymore. With right. The way things are going, yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. yes, things are so bad that even uh, Ritsuko's grandma's cat died. Uh, well, it's like, <laughs> yes. isn't like Ritsuko's cat that she sent or, to her yes. grandmother? So it was probably right. Probably, because I can't imagine Ritsuko having the time. The culmination of Ritsuko's various cat paraphernalia. Yeah, so that's how that's how bad things have gotten at this point. Um, and we, we see... Uh, okay. Can I go on a quick tangent about how much the Ava fan base overthinks certain things? Yes. Please do. Please. I'd love to hear about this. Kind so of this line has had a fan theory that um, the informant that Kaji met, who had a cat, was is Ritsuko's grandmother. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and that 
her her learning this is learning that Kaji is dead in code. That's a bit of a reach. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You know what? It's I a mean, reach, but we can't prove that it's not true. I mean, look, I can see no, I can see how fans would come to that conclusion. Yeah. That's still a reach. I mean, wouldn't I, I would think Ritsuko would know that Kaji's dead or have had figured it out by right. now. Right. I mean, I think Second she would only to like Fuyutsuki. Right. Yeah, like Yeah, like like Ritsuko is like implied to be at least like the number three head honcho at nerves. So. If, if right. I mean, if Masato could figure it out, then Ritsuko yeah. could have figured it out. But um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Endo is talking uh, to uh, Stone Monolith Squad. Yes, yeah. yes, they're like, they're basically like, why did you toss the Lance of Longinus? We can't get it back. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, we like 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 space recovery is impossible, which. The thing I wanted to bring up real quick is I feel like this is another great bit that kind of speaks to like the tone of desperation of Evangelion in the world they live in. That like don't have the tech resources for a space program. They literally don't even have the resources left to like send a ship up there to get it back. Which like based on the technology that's in that show, like if you have the technology to build Avas, you have the technology to build a space shuttle that can get that lance back. Which then implies, oh, we can't get it back for like material reasons like we can't even put together a spaceship anymore like, yeah that heat sh- we gave that heat shield to unit zero <laughs> Operation Yashima. yep last like, one yeah, I, like it's it's you know it's stuff like that or like you know the un carrier group that was like you know escorting unit two that's just right, like, oh right. this is all we have left right and like because like I, I think even us us in 2019 with our current technology if there was like a big old red lance floating in space near the moon I think we could pull together the resources to get it if we truly committed to yeah, it. Yeah, I think they did specifically say the size was the, was a problem, and I think if in 2019 that would also probably be the problem you'd have to deal with, but you're right. Yeah, probably but could figure, we figure it out. Figure that one out. But uh, Look, the people at NASA are very smart. Yes. Um, yep. uh, he gets just a call in the middle of inter- being interrogated. He's like, Fuitsuki, not now. <laughs> oh, it's an angel. <laughs> I gotta go. Yep. <laughs> um, the 16th angel appears. Yes. The old white snake angel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> again, was this a uh, budget cut angel or because uh, it's literally just a white line? Um, I do yeah. like how because we're watching in HD that anytime we get these bright white glowy effects, you can now see the imperfections where they cut the circles out of the cell. <laughs> or like, oh, or like yeah. when Endo's glasses yeah. go shiny as well. It's like you can see the little edges <laughs> where it's the paper, it's paper and I hey, man. I love no, I love that shit. Those oh, are unironically like, about physical media. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you for pointing that out, Eero. Yeah, so um So yeah, the sixteenth angel shows up. It's like a white line glowing line of some kind the ribbon thing yeah. um yeah, they, they send out because we don't got anyone else they launch oscar as well yeah so they do but so they, they <laughs> I mean, so this is so they do attempt to launch oscar but she's so messed up at this point she can't even get the ava to move right yeah, so, like it won't even activate so they just pull it right back down which means it's they just got ray to fight it Hey, she does her best. 
She tries her She best. grabs that thing and shoots it point blank with her gun. Yeah, that was a cool scene. Point blank, no scope it with a, with a sniper. <laughs> no scoping that thing with your Ava-sized Barrett. <laughs> like, you know, we talk about like a, how, like, oh, you know, even Gillian, you know, is all about the psychological of blah, blah, blah in these later episodes. But also, these animators still know how to make things look fucking cool as shit sometimes. Yes, yeah, so she's shooting a ribbon. If you can just imagine the visual of shooting a ribbon with a giant gun is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, you're holding really it down with your other hand. Right, right. That's a, like, it's, it's a physicality of it. Like, she's, like, holding it at bay with one hand while shoving the barrel, like, like again, it's, like, what is literally just a white glowing line and just, like, dumping the clip in it. Yeah. But, you know, as last to no veil. Yeah, as we've seen at this point, physical attacks are meaningless at uh, this point. Yes. And, uh, physical attacks are useless. And now it's time for some very unsubtle metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Um, this episode has a lot of, uh, well, not just the metaphors, but... I feel like there's almost like a horror element to this, like with oh, a lot yeah. of the visual choices and everything. Um, yeah. Oh sure, yeah. Which I'm, I'm sure was an angel. Cause the angel, angel starts wriggling. Yeah. Well, the angel um, starts corrupting unit zero. And yep. as the UI says, penetrating. By, yes. By wriggling into it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, which is causing vein, like weird, awful veins to show up in uh, Ray as well. Right, in, in, in the Ava and, and Ray. Um, yeah. And we once again get one more look into Ray's mind uh, with an, another kind of montage thing that kind of highlighting, I guess, that Ray has become an individual person. Like, she has her own. That's the way I was choosing to interpret it anyway. Like, she has her own feelings, uh, which will kind of fit in with the rest of the episode, if you look at it that way. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, she, she can't... Uh, she's pretty much completely incapacitated to the point where Gendo's like, okay, restrictions lifted on, on Unit 1. Which is like the final nail in Asuka's mental coffin, I feel like. that yeah. Right, so once again, Asuka can't even one, right. save Ray, but not for her. Yeah. Right, right, right. They didn't send in Unit 1 for her, right? Yep. So, um, Unit 1 gets deployed, but uh, before it can actually do anything well it d- does it does uh well, it, 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 it gets a stab in uh and yeah, it's it, light snake for a knife. yeah oh, first it goes for a gun in a truly classic maneuver <laughs> yes it takes out the gun right and the uh, knife fights the light snake for a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. Right. He, does, he does tangle with a little bit because i we get the like again the horror thing like we get the weird uh Gross on his hand. It's corrupting Shinji, and like you get the little rays right, popping out of his like, hand, and it's like uh, maybe one of the most iconic shots to me, at least in the yeah, show. Like this is some gross shit. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Light Snake turns into giant naked ray. Yeah. Min- giant naked ray mini version. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so, I guess at this point. You know, Ray makes the decision that she's gonna absorb the angel and blow it up, um, in some rather unsubtle imagery. Yeah. Where uh, if, you, if you've ever want to see a pregnant Ava, well, yeah, well, you know, yeah, so, this is her heart wanting to become one with Vikari, as she says, and then yeah, yeah. So she 
she uh, sucks up the angel and it kind of, it's a very uh, interesting visual choice uh, where, and then it, 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 and like the body just like compacts back down and then she blows, blows up the Evangelion. Yeah. And it actually well, works. Uh, the, the, the angel's destroyed. Um, and apparently so is unit zero. Uh, they do not go in the squad to check it out and they find the entry plug. Right. And hard, like the inside of that thing's not pretty. Yeah. So, and Reese goes like, don't tell anybody about this, but, uh, they do mention that, uh, there's only one angel left after this according to the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, so there's that mm-hmm. to consider going into next episode. Uh, but even so, I mean, everybody's kind of in a bad mood because they're assuming Ray is dead. Even Pen Pen is sad. We get the one uh, <laughs> the one shot of Poor him Pen. playing around. Shinji's, you know, Shinji's just playing around. Not having Ray. a good time. Yeah, everybody's in bad shape. Until, uh... So... Go ahead. There's this scene where Misato goes to... Yeah, I was gonna say, I should have talked about that. Goes to, like, comfort Shinji. And, like, every version of analysis I've read about this says that Misato is, like... The only way she knows how to comfort him is by initiating a sexual encounter! Yes. And, like, I'm on the fence over whether that's a stretch or not. I, I go ahead, hmm. G. I am of two minds of that because I wonder if they because because on one hand there is the scene they show at the end of uh, episode uh, twenty was it wait twenty uh, yes twenty where you know as soon as Masato finds out that Shinji's alive right the first thing yeah, she yeah. does is to go have you know go have sex with Kaji which. I could see supporting this idea of like, oh, like this is how Misato understands like, you know, human relations, human relationships, and how to deal with like, you know, a, a tough situation. I think that may be a slightly uncharitable view because that right. implies that oh, anybody who has sex is just like a, a <laughs> mentally broken and only knows how to use sex as a way of like stress relief. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the more charitable take would be, well, she is an adult woman. Like that is probably just one of many ways she has open to her to like, you know, <laughs> relieve stress. So, but uh, sorry, go ahead, Jill. Yeah, I, I want to throw this out there. So in the in the because we've been watching the Japanese, uh, she like touches his hand and says something to the effect of, uh, you know, this is all I can offer you, or this is all I can do for you, or something like that. Um. In the original English dub, they use the line, uh, something to the effect of just know that I'm here for you or something like that, which has right. less of a suggestive. Right. That has less of a connotation, right? I mean, I guess this also depends on like your interpretation of like, well, <sighs> like what does holding hands mean, right? In, in various cultures, like if from our Western standpoint, like holding his hand could just as easily just be, well, that's just a standard, like that is a standard comforting, like, Right. maneuver right like that is what like parents do for children you know like like it's i mean you could also interpret shinji's reaction where he immediately pulls away and and you know and, away. And, and then that's also where then maybe my now my my maybe now my like brain is going in the direction of like 
maybe that's just what Shinji assumes Misato's trying to do, right? Like, I mean... I, I'm not sure is the thing. Yeah, I don't know if there's, I don't know if, I don't know if we can make a definitive answer on it. It's an it's right, interesting right. question. Yeah, the follow-up is her thinking like, is he, a, does he not like women? Is he afraid of intimacy? Right. Or maybe I'm the one who's lonely. And so it's I mean, like. I think, I mean, there's certainly an argument to be made that Misato might be doing that as much for herself right, as, she is, as right. she is for Shinji. These are. Um, I guess what I'm asking is, are we prepared to say it's like. I, definitely a sexual thing or not i i would i don't think you can rule it out right I, but i don't know if you can definitively say yes or no but there's as with many scenes in the show there's some layer of ambiguity yeah I guess. yeah i mean i think that is a thing that is worth like talking about but yes i think that on some level there is enough of a degree of ambiguity to it that i think uh yeah. It's hard to say explicitly. And I mean, I mean, as someone who's only who's watching this for the first time, I don't know if later scenes, you know, expound on it more or confirm, but you know, at least the way I interpreted it is uh the way I interpreted it is like if one of the two parties tried to escalate it into sex, I don't think Misato would have necessarily have said like would have refused is the way I put sure. it, I guess is like maybe that's not what she originally intended to do but if it went in that direction right she might have like gone along with it i guess is the i no, i i think the vibe i get yeah i think that all adds up for the circumstances and the characters and what we've and this the this this really like desperate and hopeless situation that everybody's in right like it it, it, yeah. it fits that that could be where they where that was headed, but I don't know if you can definitively say for sure one way or the other. You know, it, maybe it's something in between. I don't know. Maybe she just wanted some. Mm. Phys- maybe maybe it's just the you know the desire, the comfort of physical contact. You know, and not necessarily. I mean, like who sex, knows? I mean, the other. Yeah, like the, my other theory here is that maybe it had nothing to do with sex because she goes after Pen Pen next. So, you know, <laughs> maybe she unless she's uh, sexually heart, proposing yeah. right. to a uh, yes. penguin. So, mm-hmm. and but, uh, but we get the phone call that Ray's actually alive. Hey, she showed Ray, up in the exact same good. bandages as episode one. Yeah, it's all good. Ray's fine. Hey, what a thank goodness. Yeah, and I mean, I, I put in the notes Ray quote unquote survived. Because uh, uh-huh. he goes to see her, and he's like, and and uh, she does has no memory of the he, battle. He's like, "Thank you for saving me," and she's like, "Oh, I guess I saved you, huh?" <laughs> and then she act she actually explicitly says at some point, "Like, I guess I'm the third or something." Right. Yes. In case you somehow yeah. were not Ray free. Yeah. Yes, so this is implied. This is uh, yeah. And I think that's a whole new Ray. I think that's why they were highlighting the individuality of Ray 2 earlier when we were looking into her mind a bit, like she had Mm -hmm. grown into her own person over the course of the series with her own, uh, I mean, it's not a strong personality, but she has her own, you know, feelings. Uh, Of course, this now leads to the, uh, the, the question I have now is, we saw a child Ray in the flashback. Do the modern does the modern line of Ray clones just come out fully formed? 
Like, <laughs> what happened to what? I mean, I mean, spoilers, yes. But like, what happened to the old line of the of the kid Ray clones? Like, <laughs> or did they have a tank of uh, baby rays that grew up in a tank? I don't know. Oh boy, <laughs> not something I want to think about. Oh boy, but uh, the uh, but yeah, uh, Ray quote unquote survived for now. But obviously, it's just another Ray they pulled well, out. It's a it's a different ray, right? I mean, I think the implication of this is the, the implication I took from this is that the ray that we knew, you know, the ray we ray two, you know, quote unquote knew grew to know to know and love, you know, in many scare quotes here, is uh, is gone, right? right? Like that ray is no longer here. This new ray is an entirely different entity. But we also share as many of the same like yeah personality quirks, but like. We it's get not to, the ray that experienced the ray the, the things that ray 2 did right right we get the like classic clone morphogenetic field empathy stuff when she goes back to her room takes off her bandages and like right it's all feels from cries over the glasses you know like why am i crying right i mean stuff. yes i mean this is the part of course of this show where it gets into like you know fucking like metaphysical bullshit of like what is the soul and right. does it go after we die does it go into the new ray clone blah 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 like mm-hmm. you know that stuff but uh yeah i yeah i think that's just like a i came away with the assumption that we were not supposed to necessarily treat this ray as just like oh the same old ray but she got better yes. you know what i'm saying right yeah i would say that is a correct assumption to make yeah so uh moving along uh i guess sele wanted to interrogate ray but rather than ray who i i'm i'm presuming gendo wants to hide the fact that the that ray died that uh he decides to send ritsuko instead to be interrogated and she's naked for some reason yeah, so what is, I think why? I think the implication. I, I, I was waiting for this whole episode for it to go somewhere. But... So I think I think the from because I was kind of curious and I, I was looking up some takes on that. I believe the implication is that she wasn't going to talk and they tortured her to make her talk, or tried to torture and humiliate her to make her talk. Um, huh. That that was the most coherent explanation I've found on it. But um, but yeah. I, Wait, how would they? They're holograms. I, they can't. I don't. I don't know, man. Whatever. She had to get there somehow. Um, the I, I guess yeah. It's just that that specific part. Like I'm not like saying oh naked is bad, but it's just like it's such a weird like out of place. Yeah, like, it was kind of jarring for no particular reason. I don't feel like it really added like, much to you know, the. Like, I guess it, it plays. It plays. It plays into like Ritsko's sense of like humiliation at the end of the episode, but like the reasoning for why she had to get naked in the first place. I couldn't really come up with like right. any and kind of the main takeaway from the scene is that Gendo was more than willing to sacrifice her to protect Ray. So, Oh yeah. That's totally. kind of what, that's what Ritsuko is taking away from it. Um, yes. So we, we get another bit. We saw to yeah. get the data finds the chip in the capsule. What if she didn't know to look in that capsule? <laughs> like, Kachi kind of plays a lot of bets on her being smart enough to like open up a pill instead of just swallowing it like normal people normal people do. Yes. Did, didn't he I mean, say that he left multiple ways or whatever? Like, like, like he guess, left everything yeah. he had in with it, like 
I, I, I seem to remember him saying that some kind of explanation on it, but yeah, she's deciphering the chip and she now knows like everything Kaji knows about what uh, Nerve is up to. We don't, but uh, <laughs> yeah, at least not uh, at least not at least they're not explaining it to us. But uh, we know Misato knows now, and so yep. she shows up at uh, at Nerve Tur- to uh, kind of hold Ritsuko at gunpoint here and uh, make her show. Ritsuko brought Shinji along. Yes, probably at yes, insurance. Yes. Uh, Ritsuko. Yes, Shinji gets a call right that. Uh, Ritsuko brings Shinji along, Ritsuko. and the three of them go see what else Nerve is hiding in the basement. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, just a fun tour of the nerve base. Yeah, so they see uh, Ray's real room, I guess. Uh, right, some kind of freaking like lab, lab thing. Yeah, lab. yeah, just like some like fucking torture dirty, chamber. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like underground lab. Um, and they see the bones of all the dead Evangelians that they tried to make. Yes. Yes. Buried in a fucking cross shaped yeah. ditch because this show is just incapable of fucking doing anything subtly. Uh, I appreciate all of the skulls or unit zero skulls. Like, yes. yes, I did like that. Um, and finally she reveals the tank of rays. Uh, they've been keeping in the yes. basement the, the, and the secrets, the Ray fish, tank. the secrets of the, the dummy plug system that the, you know, the, the Evangelians are basically, in case we couldn't figure it out, the Evangelians are basically humans, but they don't have a soul, so they had to make souls to stick in them. That's what the rays were. But these rays don't have any souls anymore because we're out of souls, whatever that means. And, uh, you know, in, out of spite or anger or whatever, Ritsuko decides to just melt them all. Um, <laughs> yeah, disint- hits, hits, hits the disintegrate ray button and... Mm. Uh, yeah. They just uh, die right then and there. Um, when I asked like, for a disintegration uh, ray, this is what I meant! <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, there's a good creepy bit where, uh, you know, yes. Ritsuko dramatically turns on the lights and Shinji says, Ray! And then all the ray clones, like, fucking smile. Yeah, this is the, the horror stuff I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, that's some real. I would instantly run out of the room. Oh, yeah. I'm like, like nope. I'm out of here. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've watched enough movies to know how this goes. Like, yeah, um, and Ritsuko Ritsu Ritsuko finally breaks down too. Um, yeah, it's it was her turn to have her mental breakdown. You know, uh, basically, kind of admitting that like she did everything. She did every like fucking awful thing for Nerve that she's for Gendo, yeah. for Gendo. You know, for and that in, at the end of the day, she was used by Gendo just like her mother, Fool just like her mother. Um, yes. Which again, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not making light of her, the tragedy of her character, but Gendo's not even that good looking of a dude. I'm not sure where I'm getting this like vibe, like oh man, Gendo's raw man- animal magnetism just draws women to him. I mean, even with Yui, right? Like we took you literally said in that flashback episode, what the fuck do you see in Gendo? Like he's a fucking piece of shit, and Yui's like, I don't think so. And, and it's like actually a very nice guy. Yeah. It's like care to elaborate? I mean, he's, like, we were like, kind of touching on this earlier because we don't know if Gendo is actually good at anything. Is he just a, a fantastic con man? I don't know, but uh, I yeah, it's just like I'm just like pick up artist I Gendo Atari. I don't know. Oh 
there's a part of me that wants to believe and maybe has to believe that like again not to like you know not to like justify gendo's actions but to give gendo something remotely sympathizable is that he does truly care for he truly cared for yui and that like all of this is still like out of some like desperate obsession with her but like also gendo like just like fucking using these women and their affections is like some real fucking ratchet fucked up right. shit that is I, th- I think it makes gendo interesting because i think to a certain degree both of those things can be true where uh he's a terrible like just because you're a terrible person doesn't mean you're like incapable of caring for an individual or something right or, like you you people are more com- people right. are more complex guess... than just like being black and white people. of course that's of why course. it's, it's just interesting like... that uh you know that you kind of get because it, it is. I think I think it is implied or, or pretty much confirmed that he did care about Yui and that this did kind of set him off on an even worse path than because he was clearly not in a good path beforehand either. But no. <laughs> but but everybody says he changed after that and and that's when he switched over to you know this other instrumentality project and everything. But right. um, yeah, it's it's an interesting. You know, you always like characters that are not just black and white, uh, good evil. Although I, I'm pretty sure Gendo is a very, very dark shade of gray. Um. Uh, I mean, I think it's more. I mean, I was gonna say I think it's more black that happens to have a few drops of maybe white. Maybe that is more. Gray, maybe that is more accurate. Yes, but uh, like if you squint at it, you see it's gray. But on first glance, it looks pretty fucking. Black. Yes, um, it's like charcoal or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, on that fun way note, to end, uh, end the episode. Yeah. Um, I did want to point out that we have now gotten so bad that we are doing storyboards yeah. for previews. Hell yeah. 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 They. This show is in a bad place, like That's... totally and emotionally and production wise, just all across. Always the a good sign uh, when they can't actually show you anything from next week because it hasn't been made yet. They can't even show something to animate. Like my god! Like yeah, right. Not even like a still image of a background. Yeah. So breaking out the storyboards and the key. Frames. We will pick up on that uh, next time when we resume. With- yeah, okay. we're gonna wrap up the the t- television portion of the show next podcast. Yes. Yes. Um. So we're like super overtime. I knew. I know these shows are gonna be. Uh, so yeah. I, I but i don't want to we, we came here to do a job and we're going to do it right i feel like that is the right thing to do here so um yeah a little over so i don't want to spend too much time at the end here just real quick jiggy because i am interested did you actually enjoy these episodes or- <laughs> I, I so i know we're i know we're running late but Allow me to kind of like further elaborate on my feelings on this show. And you said a word earlier in this podcast that I think sums it up, and it's uh, ambivalence. Um, I was deeply fascinated by these episodes, actually. Like, I actually really do like these episodes for a lot of reasons. I think they're fascinating. They're very interesting. They're really interesting character studies, you know, like, you know, the Asuka episode, even this uh, Ritsuko episode, you know, like, it's... I think these episodes were really interesting to kind of just like see how much of human nature 
was like intertwined with the creation of the APA program and like the founding of Nerve, right? Like the the inherent tragedy of the Ava of the Ava program and Nerve isn't just the tragedy of Second Impact. It's the tragedy of like the human suffering that it 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 demanded of its primary participants and like the ways that it drives those people to the very brink. I think it's like really interesting and super well done. Yep. I think the thing I'm beginning to realize though is like I'm incapable of like emotionally investing myself in any of these characters. Like I am interested in them in an academic sense. Like I am I I like Asuka as a character. I think Ritsuko's stuff is interesting. But like you, you know like you know you, even the race stuff is like you know pretty interesting towards the end there but like i guess it's like these things that are meant to be like these like very like undeniable tragedies of these characters like there i kind of would it be fair to say nobody in the show is like 100% likable i think it's not even just that i need characters to be likable but it's like you know like there are sh- you know it's, it's just like like there are there are other shows where like the tragedy of the characters like does something to like my heart you know it does something to my emotions like you know the inevitability of like i try i'm trying not to bring up legend of the galactic heroes <laughs> but like there are certain characters in that show where the tragedy of their circumstances hurts me it hurts me to watch them like be driven into like this this status the, this, the, the, like inevitability that they are driven towards it hurts me to see it because it, because i truly like i am emotionally invested in those, those are characters, characters you like though whereas like right like yeah well, well yes and i mean yes and no like there are characters i mean i guess yes i like I, and by like i mean like you more. you are rooting for them to be you you want to see them do well you're rooting for them as opposed to liking them as a character oh, i don't know no i don't i don't know i i i ain't rooting for right i'm trying well i'm trying to pick i'm trying to i'm trying to feel out which tragedy of i'm trying to feel out which characters you're talking about uh, but yes sure sure I, i'm not gonna get too deep right. into that because you know not, not the that. podcast for it right. but like it's just like I, I am compelled by Asuka and Rei and Misato and Shinji and Ritsuko and all of these characters, but I am not, like... I, I, I just can't find any emotional investment in them. Like, when Asuka is going through this deeply traumatizing emotional hurt, like... I, I, it almost, I almost feel a little voyeuristic where I'm watching, I'm like, this is really interesting television. Like... This is very interesting character drama, but I you're, don't you're not like connecting it as like a real for her, because uh, because like, like I think with with the best drama that gets you emotionally invested, there is some kind of um, connection to reality. I guess like you're you're it's simulating yeah. a real emotion, whereas maybe you yes. don't feel that as much in this show, where it's more of a right, observational I... or like almost academic interest. In yeah, like I. I... I think the character studies that they are doing in these episodes are undeniably well done. Like I would never take that away from the show. I think they are truly well done. I think they are well grounded in the personalities of these characters, right? They don't come out of nowhere. Like like especially Oscar. I think I think Oscar is the closest I've become then to like maybe having some emotional investment in a character because like again, like I said, some of her shit is much too real for me right. to handle. But uh even then it's like 
I mean, I'm that's still viewing. That's kind of how I feel about the show as well. Just Shinji is the character I connect with more. Right, you know. but that's the like, I totally, totally, I get you. But it's like even with Shinji, like I feel bad for Shinji. Like I, 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 I can sympathize with Shinji, but like I can't right. bring myself to become emotionally invested in his character arc. I guess is is. It's 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 a weird thing because like it's it's like watching a show you know it's watching a show with like undeniably good writing but like there's something about it that I can't bring myself to be connected to but right yeah. um at the end of the day I still recognize this is an unbelievably well made sh- well <laughs> well made show in, well, in the well sense written. of like uh... you know <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally yes. well made you know when they. Yeah, save all their money, money up. Yo- yeah, save up, save up enough money to make the cloud spiral off into yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Iroh, uh, how, how are you? How are you feeling at this point on the rewatch? I mean, I'm still enjoying it. Like, I, know, is, I enjoy seeing payoff for foreshadowing stuff. Like, like I was saying in a previous podcast like considering how hard production is falling apart and stuff like the consistency of writing and storytelling yeah um like how tightly put together everything is even when it's yeah. falling apart uh is really i think the, enjoyable yeah i think to kind of touch on the the big question we've been asking this whole episode um of you know what was intentional and what wasn't i don't think any of the plot would have changed. Uh, and the fact that they've managed to salvage, <laughs> salvage that, like, I think maybe we would have seen like more stuff filled into some of the scenes, but like, so, cause, like we're getting, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but there's, they're getting into stuff that pays off in like end of Evangelion, right. which would not have been in production at this point in right. time. And so, It'll be interesting to, I think, go into the infamous last couple of episodes. Yeah, and I, where... I think that's where we'll really be able to get into that, the meat of that, after we watch twenty five and twenty six. But, um, but yeah, and twenty four. Uh, well, I'm thinking, I'm no. specifically thinking of twenty five and twenty six is where. The... Oh, oh, I saw. We'll, we, yes, like, we'll, yeah, we'll be doing twenty four as well, but that's yeah. Yes, well, <laughs> plenty of time to talk about that next time. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, 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 uh, you know, from my perspective, um, I, you know, I mentioned that the Oscar episode was one of my favorites with the first time I watched the show and kind of changed my mind about Oscar for the most part. Um, but I do think, I, th- I think it's interesting watching it now. It seems maybe a little more obvious and heavy handed than when I was a teenager, but I still think it was a very effective way of explaining her character and oh yeah it's very it's very heavy handed like like if yeah you can i mean you can see the you know with like the whole doll thing with ray and all that like it's very obvious um kind of stuff going on in there but it's still very effective i think in accomplishing its purpose and um yeah i'm really looking forward to uh again i don't want to get too much into this now but just the you know when I was talking earlier about the, the, I love looking at the, how the first half impacts making the second half have meaning, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, totally. I, I think that is definitely a conversation that 
Uh, well, we should definitely have yes. a different podcast. Or I, just, a I just want to I just want to mention that one more time as another <laughs> but, thing that really stood out to me watching it again, uh, which I which I have always known, but um, just thinking about it, I think that specifically more this time yes. and noticing it more this time. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I know G and I are sitting with no. I think Iro, you don't have air conditioning on either right now, right? So. We, are, we have we have made the sacrifice for you people. I hope you enjoyed this extra long episode. Uh, I have probably lost two pounds sweating. Um, do our housekeeping real quick. Check us out. Let's do all our podcasts. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, let's let's just get this over with. The, go go look at theglorioblog.com. Do you check out? We have all our first looks of this this uh, the summer season up, which are just about done now. So check those out, and we'll be talking about those on the next uh, podcast uh, probably a couple days after this goes out. So keep an eye out for that. Check out all our other podcasts on all our various podcast places, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube. And uh, that's about it. So um, you know, we'll catch everybody. We're going to wrap up the – we'll catch everybody next time for wrapping up the, uh, the TV series. And, well, I guess – Got to do this one more time, huh? Next time on Neon Genesis Evangelio, we'll talk about episode 24, the beginning and the end, or knocking on heaven's door. Episode 25, the ending world, or do you love me? And episode 26, the, be- the beast that shouted I at the heart of the world, or take care of yourself. I, I guess one more time will be fan service. See you next time.